Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But also, completely unselfish, just like everybody on our team. I mean, I can, I can name every guy right now. Uh... But, you know, especially especially him, especially J.J. Uh, you know, see some quarterbacks throwing four to six touchdowns a game. And uh, you know, he's just so locked in on, on winning and, and uh, being efficient for the team and, and contributing to the team. It's, you know, it's a beautiful thing. It's, and the rest of the quarterbacks, uh, Jack Tuttle, Jaden Denegal, Davis Warren, uh, I thought they were, they were really, really good, too. I thought we made a real big step and improvement uh, when our – when our twos went in the game, <clears throat> that uh, you know, we, we still put up a field goal drive and a, and a touchdown drive. Uh, that, that was really good. O-line and the O-line, uh, dominant. Dominant um, offensive line against a really, really big defensive line. Those, those guys were big and physical, and uh, I thought our offensive line played extremely well. Another, another group that's playing really, really good. Uh, unselfish football. Uh, Trevor Keegan, Ladarius Henderson, both had had really good games. And Drake um, Barnhart played really well. Trent Trente Jones uh, played really. I, we got we got to get Trente in the game more. Uh, he's he's such a good player, so athletic and. Um, you know, uh, we might have to start playing uh, a bit of a rotation. I mean, and, I, and our guys are unselfish and, and it'll do it, but uh, you know, that's, that's a real, real strength for us that, um, you know, have one of their better games. Andrew, your, uh, your team has not committed very many penalties. Um, I guess like false starts are one thing, but when they're playing with such aggression and still avoiding holdings, pass interferences, things like that, I guess, what's the key to that line? And- Oh, really, really disciplined, um, you know, is the key. Um, and really knowing, knowing the situations, situational awareness, football awareness, uh, rules awareness. Um, you know, uh, our guys do a great job of, of taking the coaching. And uh, they're, they're super excited about situations, too. I mean, I think they, they've learned so much. Um, be interesting if you ask some, some of the some of the guys on the team, <clears throat> offense, defense, or special teams. You know, give them some situational uh, scenarios. I bet they would quit them, quit themselves really good. Uh, and they they're excited to learn that stuff too. It really really stimulates the the whole team and um, something we work on daily. 
in training camp and uh, you know um, besides the regular coaching that the guys get I mean we, we devote we devote a, a meeting a week to to the situational awareness um, our guys are real sharp that way and they're smart and uh, they love they love uh, as I said being stimulated and learning new stuff um, and then putting it into practice that's you know that just makes you feel great um, when you see it in the game zero pennies, penalties in this last game as a team tremendous uh, you know I know there's a there's a few penalties that, that weren't called maybe both ways but um, <clears throat> officials were were letting the guys play I think that's part of it but I think the biggest part is our guys really uh, really focus and dial in on uh, situational awareness technique and uh, discipline and, and they know the rules um, and uh, do, a, do a great job. On the left, Aaron. Jim, after the game on Saturday, you mentioned the word critical a couple times to describe the win. Uh-huh. What, did, what did you mean by that? Uh, that? That was the task at hand, uh, going on the road, getting a Big Ten win um, against a really good football team in a, in a you know, the, the hostile environment, uh, sea of red, you know, loud, all those things. I mean, each game now, I mean, it's, it's critical. It's critical as it gets, um, as clearly as I can say it. On the back right, Alejandro, coach, you saw Rod Moore with the shoes near the end of the game. How's he doing physically? And is the goal with them just to get him more snaps as he works his way back? Yeah, yeah. Um, progressing really well. Um, it's, it's becoming a, well, I mean, I, yeah, there's so many times we have guys that are working through something. Um, you know, that's, that's football. I mean, it's, it's, it's rare, you know, it's, it's lucky, uh, when you come out of a game as, um, healthy as we did coming out of, coming out of this game. Uh, but yeah, you can, you can rest assured that there's, there's somebody, uh, multiple guys that are, that are working through something. Um, and, you know, guys, Guys defy like like um, human capacity to uh, to play sometimes, you know. Um, definitely, definitely almost super superhero, superhuman in that way, you know. Uh, they get the they get the treatment, they get the rehab, they find a pad that that uh, protects them. Yeah, just the ability to cut like whatever. That what what that time of being out would have been for a normal person, uh, you know. Football players just seem to have that uh, ability. Some even more than others. I mean, Mike Sanders though right now. I mean, uh, it's freaky, you know. It's, it's it's freaky in that way. Um, the Green brothers are like that. I think I was like that. Uh, it doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't make you a better anything. It's just, just better at playing with pain and uh, you know, coming back faster than, than other people. That's the only thing that really makes you better at than somebody. But not saying we're better than people. Just better at playing, playing with pain. Jim, do you envision uh, sticking with that starting lineup on the offensive line with Ladarius at left and in person at right? 
Well, Miles is working through something, um, and he's 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 playing. Uh, he's shown to be, you know, great player, team player, uh, unselfish guy. Um, but gosh, I mean, so is Trente, you know. So is Andrew Gentry, Jeff Percy. I mean, there's just so many good guys in there, right? That uh, just want to want to see them out there. I mean, we do a thing. We do a thing with the defensive line, you know, a rally group where, uh, you know, I'm not, eh, maybe, maybe haven't really done anything quite like that on the offensive line, but in spots, perhaps, you know, a rally guy goes in and, uh, you know, he's, he's fresh and he's, and, he's, uh, and he's good. You know, can we use that to our advantage? I think we really have to explore that and look at that, um, as I said, especially with, with Trente and, and Miles will be the same. Um, LD and Keegs probably played the best of uh, any of our two offensive linemen, and 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 in a group that was was really really good in this game, one of our best. You mentioned unselfishness a few times too. Can, can you coach that, or is that come, does that how does that develop in a team? Uh, yeah, it. Uh, it's, uh, how does that develop? You know, that's, uh, maybe that's one of the, one of the great mysteries, you know, of, um, of a team environment. I definitely think it comes, uh, from, from the individuals, those, those individuals. Yeah. Uh, I think if that was real coachable, probably, uh, be, be happening a lot more, but, uh, yeah, it's rare. It's rare when it happens, but I mean, you see what our team, I mean, this game, this game really wasn't uh, all one on Saturday. I mean, this, this was the way they practiced, the entire team, um, yeah, the starters, the, um, the backups, the, uh, the players who play in the spot situations, um, specialized on special teams or offense and defense. Scout team players, the freshmen, um, guys who are going to go in pro that aren't taking a knee, you know, that are. Uh, um, I could I could give you 50, 60 examples um, of that with with our team, and yeah, that's the. Uh, it's the one thing that when things are scary, good, you know, it's. Um, That's where you want to be. That's who you want to be with. That's how you want to be doing things. But the law of averages say that it's going to catch up to you. And you know, to see if we could defy Newton's, Sir Isaac Newton's laws of gravity. You know, what what goes up must must come down. Um, and the gravitational force of the Earth is tremendous. Uh, and so are some of the forces against. Against the football team, you know, some of the things that are set there to, you know, to divide a football team. <clears throat> and, and the ones that aren't divided are uh, the ones that are playing in the playoffs and, you know, eventually champion. But, yeah, there's the opponent. There's, there's uh, human jealousy. There's the star system. There's the media that likes, I mean, 
not accusing you of anything, but yeah, every people that. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Read, like to, like to read the salacious story, you know? like to see where things may be, may be divided. Um... Not blaming that on anybody here. Just that's just human nature. But there's there's definitely force. There's injury. There's uh, there's confidence. There's there's so many things that you know, um, and and eventually selfishness. You know, it it uh, it's another human nature uh, thing on a football team. And I, I look at our team, and it's not just the players. It is the players. I mean, it is the players. I mean, those guys get you know so much. So much at stake, you know, with their with their individual careers, and there's nothing more important to me than each and every guy's individual career. Um, but to you know to to do both, you know, to love both, you know, uh, do what's best for your family, do what's best for you, and then get the team in there. Uh, I mean, that's scary good, and that's happening with our staff, our coaching staff, uh, the coordinators, the assistant coaches. Um, staff, the medical, the doctors, the trainers, the, the equipment staff, uh, Gary Hazlett, Sonny, Drew, um, in the weight room with Herb, Jay Tress, Darren, Benny Raby, Locke, um, Phil Johnson in the training room, and Pierre and Jason and Steve, um, with Dave, you know, no shameless self-promotion, Scott Goldschmidt, Albert, Claiborne Green, uh, you know, it's a, it's a scary good thing. And uh, you just, how do you keep those balls up in the air? You know, how do you keep them, keep them high? I mean, probably energy, you know, energy and, uh, and working at it and attacking it. Uh, it's the only way to keep a balloon up that doesn't have helium in it, right? Um, and eventually that's going to come down. But, hey, smoke still rises, you know. Uh, it stays up a long time, I've noticed. Uh, heat, I guess heat, energy, those things are uh, the way we're going about it. Isaiah, what have you seen from Minnesota on film? Uh, good. Um, yeah, another really good defense. Uh, really stout. The quarterback's really coming along. And uh, you know, they have a tremendous uh, ability to run the ball. Um, you know, physical team that is going to be uh, – I love how they play. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an emotional, you know, uh, fired-up type of team. Um, 
And PJ does a great job. I mean, you can always tell they're confident. I mean, no matter what, no matter what the, the stakes are, the odds are, um, you just see it in the, in the way they play. They play hard. And it's all, it's all you can ever ask for as a coach uh, from your players is that they, they play hard. Our guys are doing it. Um, Minnesota's guys are. I mean, it'll be, uh, it'll be a football fight, you know, like it is every Saturday. And uh, we've got to play good. Um, get prepared, practice, and get ready to go execute in, uh, in another one of those crazy, crazy college campus stadiums. Uh, but, yeah, can't wait. doing a meeting per week on situational awareness to keep those county numbers down. Yeah. Anything you guys have been focusing on specifically in those sessions that have helped with success there? Pretty much on everything. Uh, and you know, Grant Newsom's doing it this year. He's doing an incredible job. I mean, he's um, – and you, you're doing a lot of, uh, you know, what, what, what our team does right, maybe something we did wrong or what another team did wrong, you know, you know. Don't be this guy and make this penalty in this crucial situation. You know, the to throw the punch or uh, you know lose your lose your stuff. Um, and then clips from all over college football, pro football, uh, and it's it's great. It's entertaining. It's uh, it's insightful, uh, and uh, it's a great learning experience. And he's taking it over this year and doing a heck of a job. We call it teach the game, TTG. We've been doing it so long, now we've got an acronym for it. Jim, do you uh, think you found, I guess, the signs and the factors that lead to the gravitational pull and been able to find things that maybe could prevent that and allow for the sustainability of the success? Yeah, yeah. Um, Think so. Think. Uh, think. Think we we do things to try to help that as much as possible. I mean, uh, you know, it really comes down. To, hey, I mean, we're for you. We uh, don't ever think we're ever against you know any of our own you know coaches, players, or staff, and we want you to have all the success in the world. And by the way, you're having it, so keep doing you. Uh, it's working. And if you want to get a little bit better at something, just work a little bit harder at it. And whatever you do, don't get the big head. Because that's a trap. A deep, dark, lonely trap. Is that something, though, I mean, over the years of coaching, I mean, just kind of working with teams, understanding team dynamics, to, to be able to, you know, figure out some of those telltale signs and, and be able to read the room, so to speak? Yeah. Uh, I think I'm pretty good at it. Trophy game. Um, part of our TTG was uh, to learn the entire history of the Little Brown Jug, and uh, that was a that was a great that was a half hour session, forty five minute session in uh, in August. So uh, and many of the guys have have participated in it, know what it's about, and um, yeah, we want to 
it's something that's a priority for us. You know, get the best grades. You know, win the most awards and trophies, and excel at football. Thanks. Nice week for Josiah Stewart. He's your Big Ten co-defensive player of the week. Had five tackles and a pair of sacks in that dominant performance by the Michigan defense this past weekend against Nebraska. And now it will be Minnesota next coming at that Wolverine D. Ethan Kaliak Manis and company scored 35 against Louisiana. Kaliak Manis was efficient, didn't throw it a lot, 12 of 14, but had three total touchdowns in the defense did just enough as the Gophers picked up a much-needed win over the Raging Cajuns. 35-24 was the final. Certainly has been a bit of an up-and-down start to 2023 after a pair of wins to start the year, including a conference dub in the opener against Nebraska. Gophers lost back-to-back games, giving up 400 yards passing to both North Carolina and Northwestern before bouncing back with that win over Louisiana this past Saturday. Now a much tougher test coming up. This Saturday night at home against Michigan. In advance of that one, here's Gopher headman P.J. Fleck. Um, all right. Um, obviously, really excited about the win on Saturday. Just want to thank all of our fans. Hopefully, everybody had a really safe homecoming. Um, again, our job is to go out and win a football game for everybody, so they have a great evening. So um, playing at 11 o'clock was really good for our team. You know, practice in the morning. So, I mean, that was pretty common for us. Guys got up, ready to roll, and... And uh, there was some really good from the game, a ton of good from the game. Things we got to get better, correct. But uh, hopefully everybody had a great, safe homecoming and uh, really enjoyed themselves. So appreciate our fans with the stripe out and, and uh, supporting us the way they do. So with that, open it for questions. After a good win on Saturday, five games into the season, what would you say the identity of this team is offensively, defensively, special teams? Well, I think one thing we have to continue to work on is uh, – you know, being cohesive, you know, playing complementary football. I think we're really good at that. And when we have success, we're really good at that. Right now, there's been times we've been able to play complementary football and times we haven't been able to play complementary football, and that's cost us. Uh, so um, the character of this football team is really, really high. Uh, I, I love coaching this team. I mean, they, they come to practice every single day, ready to roll, ready to, ready to get better. Um, but I think we've got to keep it really balanced on offense. And again, getting distributing the ball to the best playmakers, uh, but also keeping it you know, where we can have a high completion percentage and be efficient in the pass game, which we always want to do. But I think you got a chance to see that against Louisiana. Um, you know, it's hard when you have a lot of players that, you know, that are your players that aren't there, whether it's Chris Altman-Bell or whether it's Darius. And, you know, it's hard to keep that consistency. You know, um, same thing on defense without Cody and playing a lot of younger players. But that's part of football, and you got to find a way, and it just keeps... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coming at you every week. There's a new challenge coming at you. But I don't know if you can just give this team just an identity. Uh, they've shown incredible poise. That was the whole word of the week or the whole word of the year. They've done that. There's times we haven't. I've said that there's been times, you know, that one thing I worry about is when it gets really good, what does this team do? And when the inexperience sets in and when it's not going so good. So all the things I've said, you've seen on display. It's not like you're like, what is he talking about? You know, I mean, that's just coach speak, and I don't see any of that. Hopefully you all see that. Um, but the consistency of the work to come to practice every single day and to dedicate themselves to, to the work that's necessary, that's been the most consistent part, and that's what I'm proud of for this, these guys. They just continue to keep working. So, um, you know, and, and they got to keep getting better. Is this Michigan team the best you've faced at Minnesota? <laughs> They're really good. I, I, I don't know if it's – when you go back and what is the best, which isn't the best, and we've played some really good teams since we've been here, I would say this is probably um, they are one of one of the best. Uh, I think that's a subjective answer based on that, and I'm, I'm, we're kind of in the middle of the film, so I'm not through it all, but we've watched a lot of it. I think they're one of the deepest for sure. It doesn't matter who is in that football game. It just seems like they're always fresh because they have so many great players. And they do such a great job of rotation, rotating them, and they all make plays. And they are. And, and Coach Har- Harbaugh uh, does a great job of promoting team, 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 team. Right, the fence, right? And I love that. I mean, <laughs> I love that. What he called the fence, you know. Um, but it's true. When you watch their team, they they all talk about the team. They all play for the team. Sometimes you can't tell who's in the game and who just made that play because there are no. You know, just one guy's the star. They're all the stars that make up their team. And that's, that's, that's hard to do. It's hard to create. And I think he's done a great job of creating, I think, one of the best teams in the country. Now, what are they subjective? I mean, I think they're one of the best teams in the country, and they're ranked exactly where they probably should be, either one or two, because they are the, as, as good as advertised. And we talk about one of the hardest schedules in the country. This is why. You're playing teams that are incredibly experienced, incredibly deep. Their defense has seven of the 11 returning starters from last year. And not only that, it's not a freshman sitting behind them. It's another transfer or it's another senior or another graduate. I mean, these guys are good. And uh, he's done a heck of a job building that thing, especially with the way college football's changed and done a very good job. And uh, he's one of the best in the business at, at building teams. And anywhere he's been, got a ton of respect for him. Um, one of the one of the best coaches in football period. So. Anthony Smith had several impactful pressures. What have you noticed from him as he's rotated in? Yeah, he's growing up. He's growing up. It, it, it's it's fun because he's only a freshman. I say that a lot. I mean, freshman, freshman, freshman. Now again, we're we're in a completely different position than some people. Um, this is truly developmental program. But when you look at Anthony Smith, I mean, he's probably one of the most one of the better looking football players on our football team. When you walk in the room, when he walks in the room or you go on the practice field, you know who that kid is. Uh, but he's even a better kid as he is a football player. And he works so hard at his craft. You can be very transparent and be very honest with him. Uh, and that's the one thing that I think he's gotten so much better at is taking the coaching, not taking things personal, taking the coaching and then applying it on the field. And he wants to know more. He wants to get better. I think when he first arrived here, he was just a really big athlete, really raw athlete that broke high school basketball rims, uh, and that's what he did. But now he's becoming a really effective uh, 
run stopper and pass rusher, and he's only a freshman. And so he's every day I just continue to see improvement in Anthony. Um, he, he's got a smile that'll light up the room. I mean, here's this 6'6", 295-pound young man, and I mean, he, he's got this huge heart, great personality. He's got a great story. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's, got, he's filled with gratitude. Um, it's pretty cool, you know, uh, that, you know, he's, he's on our team and he's getting better every day. Brian Sheehan was working with the tight ends quite a bit on Saturday. Have you decided to make a change there? I'm just I'm just moving some things around um, and just finding ways to be able to uh, to get you know to find the right fit to get guys to play to where they need to play. So um, no, everybody's still on our staff. Just move some things around. Well, yeah, I think uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I have a uh, one of the first ever right available to purchase. 12 packs of duck duck beer. Um, so people always ask, how can you help? Okay. And everybody's like, well, coach, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how I can help your football program. The great about the state of Minnesota is every one of you can help our football program. Okay. How can you help our football program? That's a great question. Right. So what you can do is when you're at the game, everybody buy parlor burgers. So go get yourself a burger. I mean, they're phenomenal. Right. Brent does a great job. So go buy parlor burgers. And then to wash it down responsibly, right, go get yourself some duck, 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 duck beers to wash it down. Now, I'm not the, uh, I'm not the health administration, and I'm not going to sit there. That's, you know, it's a, you have a side of Lipitor with that thing. But also, I'm, I'm not sitting there saying that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm approving that for your own health. But if you'd like to help the football team, that would be a great way that you could help the football team, and because uh, a lot of those proceeds from those things go, go to the the NIL, and go to our collective, and that's where college football's headed. And I'm I continue to it's not even headed; it's there. I can't keep saying it's headed. It's here, and it's here to stay. And that's how you can help our football team. So, um, and there's a lot of other ways you can help our football team. Continue to support our student athletes, and the ways that you already do. Um, love how our crowd continues to just pour into our student athletes and, and, and make this such a great home field environment, um, home field advantage environment. And, you know, Saturday night shouldn't be any different. I mean, that's going to be electric. I can't wait for our fans on Saturday night. Um, NBC, I think Peacock as well. So you asked me if I did that, but that's where we went to. So. Anyway, that's how you can help. And that's literally how you can help. So if you're wondering, wow, is that really how I can help? That's exactly how you can help. And you can have a great meal at the same time, responsibly. What was the update on uh, Lemecki? It looked like that, that injury looked pretty nasty. Well, whether, here's the thing. Well, this is, I'll just say this, and you can keep asking the questions, and I, I respect it wholeheartedly, right? So uh, whether guys will be back or won't be back, you know, you'll find out two hours before, before game time. Um, you know, Mecky's a, a really good player for us. And has built himself into a really good wide receiver. And, uh, you know, training staff has him right now. And, you know, they'll make the best decisions for him moving forward. And, and we continue to get those report, reports. But he's a heck of a football player. And you talk about developmental program. When he got here, he was very raw. And now he's making big-time plays for us. And uh, it's unfortunate he got hurt in that play. And, again, for us to have a lot of success, we got to stay healthy. And at the beginning of the year, we haven't been able to do that with some of the top players that we've had. It's football. It happens. Uh, not an excuse. Just, just hard. 
and, and, and that's what happens when people have those types of injuries. You're not as deep as some other teams. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That definitely affects you as you go forward with, with game plans and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, he's doing everything he can. I promise you that. Yeah, how do you value your, your strength of running the ball versus a team like Michigan where the run not many people gave us a shot on that either. I know we're different, maybe a different team, different year, things like that. But I don't think we were favored in that one or the Auburn game. Or, and that's the same Auburn team that went out and beat Alabama. And, um, so we have respect for everybody that we play. Um, but, you know, we're going to prepare. They're going to prepare. Uh, that's why you play the game. And, you know, we're talking about running the football. I mean, you know, whoever in the running back room is available for us. Uh, you know, we did a little bit by committee last week. And I really liked the way that we ran the football. And that's a lot of credit to our offensive line. Uh, is all that other stuff out? Yes. Okay, I mean, you think about it, I mean, <laughs> this is where we're at, right? So we have a young man who plays and runs the football, and he only plays in three games, technically, right? I mean, actually has significant playing time. He's a freshman player of the week in the Big Ten, all three games that he played. Well, then he's out. Well, then we go running back by committee, and now Zach Evans, who did Sunday night football a few weeks ago, right? to correct some of the issues he was having, had a phenomenal night. Remember I told you, and Dave, you asked that question a little bit about him. I said he's working on a lot of things to be more consistent, and bang, he became really consistent, got his opportunity, and now he's freshman player of the week in the Big Ten as a running back, as a freshman. So, and again, all I'm doing is probably advertising our players, right? Uh, But that's where we're at, and this is the developmental program, and those guys are going to be really good players. And that's a credit to our offensive line and our tight ends and our wide receivers that do take a lot of pride in blocking. Uh, but they're very good. They're very good interior. They've got great ends. They've got, you know, I mean, 10 to 12 guys they rotate, and they're all really good players. But um, that's why you game plan and put some stuff together. So we've got a ton of respect for the run defense, and we've got to find some ways to be able to do it. Because if you don't do it, uh, it, it, you're not going to be on the field very long, that's for sure. Andy, you had a question. Yeah, uh, speaking of the run game, you guys had a short yardage package that was new. Uh, is there a name for that? Obviously, the Eagles have a unique name for that. How did it come to be that you guys are, are using that? I mean, it it has different names within it for us. I mean, we don't you know we don't call it the Tush Push. I think that's what everybody calls you know the, with the Eagles or I think that's what it's called the Tush Push. The oh the brotherly shove. 
All right. See, I didn't even even know. I mean, we but we don't get in the huddle. Some people you know, think we get in the huddle. And say, all right, touch push on three. Ready? Like we don't do that. Uh, there's certain names that fit in a family of the sneak. There's a lot of different ways to run the quarterback sneak. Uh, we've evolved. I mean, we have five to six ways to be able to do it right now, uh, and we're going to have to be able to have those types of things in our arsenal. Um, we also have short yardage packages, you know, and all types of personnel groupings, just like we normally do. But, um, but it, we 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 got in it, and I thought I thought our team executed it the way it needed to be executed. Because just because it's called one thing, or you see that formation, doesn't mean that you're going to get the first down. You have to execute it. The Eagles execute that play very very well, and they get a lot of credit for it because they've probably done it better than everybody else. Um, but it's you still have to execute. Everybody has a job. It's not just as simple as it sounds, uh, because there's a lot of defenses that get into double eagle, then they bring the double barrels into that, and it becomes very difficult to move people, you know, uh, one to two yards, and uh, still get that push. So we'll, we'll continue to find different ways and unique ways to use it when we need it. Um, but also our short yardage package uh, will be in effect too. What stands out to you about JJ McCarthy? I'm sorry. What stands out to you about JJ McCarthy? Uh, well, first of all, uh, you know, I got a chance to recruit JJ, um, not for very long, uh, but I got a chance to, to recruit him. And, um, you know, he's very consistent in what he does. He's a, he's a, you can tell he's an overachiever. He's, an, he's the ultimate competitor. But not only that, he connects the football team. I mean, every time you watch JJ McCarthy talk in the media, he's talking about somebody else. He's talking about somebody else. He's talking about his teammates. He's talking about what makes – somebody asked him a question about himself. He's talking about, well, these guys make me better. Um, that's a selfless teammate. And you get back to, you know, Coach Harbaugh's fence, and he's all about the team, the team, the team, the team. And, and his players speak the exact same language he does. And uh, that's when you know you have something. When the best players, right, are, are not only the hardest workers, but when they're in the media, they sound just like their head coach. Uh, that's when you have something really special, and it's authentic. It's real, um, but he is—he's very efficient in throwing the football. I mean, he's got a high, high completion percentage. Um, you know, their run game sets up their pass game, and then if they need to, and and, and unravels the defense very quickly, and then they can they can they can run the football with efficiency and make the game really short. They control time of possession, and he's a big distributor of that. I mean, he's the ultimate assist, like in basketball. Um, just continues to collect assists, very efficient player, and uh, ultra competitive, you can tell, and uh, all about the team. So nothing but praise for him. The, the great Little Brown Jug rivalry in Minnesota, Michigan, one of the great historic rivalries in college football. Do you have any insight as to what can be done to protect that or the frequency of these teams meeting going forward with the expansion of the Big Ten and all of that? That's a, a question way above my pay grade. Um, I think the Big Ten went through and, and you know, had, had teams fill out who are your greatest rivalries and have you pick one, two, or three of those, whatever it was, and then the Big Ten basically puts it in a funnel and, and works with TV and the conference and said, all right, here's the protected rivalries, you know, and, uh, and those are the games we're going to play. So the great thing about it is there's so many that are in college football uh, might not happen every single year, but when they do happen, that brings up the tradition uh, of of the little brown jug, and that's what makes it so exciting. They're not going away forever. They just might not happen as often, and they're still there. And I think when people get really angry about, hey, those rivalries should be protected every single year, and just think a little bit outside the box, they'll still be there. It just makes that game even more important if it comes around maybe once every four or five years than just every single year. So uh, 
you know, we're excited about the opportunity. It, it's been a great long-standing rivalry for a long time. They're a really good football team, and obviously we know what's up for grabs. You've oftentimes done educational things about the trophies and such, and you haven't played Michigan for a few years now. Have you, or will you, or have you planned to let the team know about the joke? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this isn't about us. This isn't. A, we're a small little speck, right, uh, within University of Minnesota's football program's history. I mean, we're just doing our part for now to do everything we can to make it better than we found it, period. That is all what we're doing. And, um, so absolutely, no. It doesn't matter. We get to the axe. We'll do the whole history of the axe and the slab of bacon, and we'll do it. Floyd of Rosedale. We'll do the same thing, and I want our guys to understand those traditions, and uh, we'll be doing that tomorrow for sure. They'll understand the uh, the history and the tradition behind this game for sure. Talk about the opportunistic schedule and people come to Program X to play in these big games. How excited and how are you preparing your team to take on this tough challenge in Michigan? Absolutely. I mean, this is why you play the game. I mean, this is why what college football is all about. Uh, again, I go back to what Jim Tressel told me, and he said, why do you coach college football? Because you're working with kids and you have no idea what's going to happen. That's the exciting part and the exciting piece to this. Uh, Michigan's got a heck of a ball club, uh, maybe the best one since he's been there. I don't think that's a secret. Um, and they're really, really good. We're going to have to play really good really good to have a chance in the game. I don't think anybody would deny that. Um, but we're capable of playing really good football. We just haven't put it all together yet. Uh, we haven't. That, that's a fact. And we played in five games, and I've told our team over the last five games, we've almost played a full season with what we've seen in those five games, what we've had to overcome. We've been down. We've been down at halftime. We've been up. We lost a lead. We had to come back. We had a game-winning field goal. We've had all these things happen where – we can use that to our benefit for the next seven games, one by one, learning from your past to create your future. And uh, this is an opportunity with the number two team coming in to Huntington Bank Stadium. And on Saturday night, I mean, this is what you want. This is what you dream of. And now you got to go play well because it isn't about just, wow, this is great, the pageantry of it, and you show up. So, I mean, th th this team will steamroll you if you don't play well. we got to play our best game. That's for sure. And uh, how pleased are you with the O-line's execution and some of the things you're able to do schematically to get numbers? Yeah, and we got to continue to find ways to get extra numbers. That's a great question because, uh, you know, we're, we're going to play people that are really, really talented and really good. And, um, you know, we can still do a lot of the simplistic things that we do in a very complex way. And I think our O-line's handling that really well. Uh, we're doing way more than we ever have in the run game, and we have to. Um, and it might look simple. I mean, I even had my dad talk to me the other day, and this is going to make you guys at least smile, right? Maybe. And, you know, I talked to my dad on the phone, and my dad's like, yeah. And he you know, called him to tell him happy birthday or whatever. And he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, how's it going? I said, it's going good. You know, we're doing all right. And he's like, uh, you know, you run it in the middle a lot. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. And he goes, and then you run it to the outside a lot. It's like, yep, yep, yep. There is so much more than, and my dad is, you know, he, obviously he never coached or, or played, but it, it, I, I always think it's funny when I listen to people, even my own family. And he didn't mean that in a mean way at all. He was just giving me some advice, like, hey, man, thinking about, you know, don't run it inside all the time. There are so many ways. There's so many gaps. There's an A gap, a B gap, a C gap. There's inside zones or outside zones. There's 55,000 different ways to run inside zone. Right, based on the ID, who do you make the ID? Where's your double teams? How can you make it look the same? I mean, there are all these things, but it looks to the outside person as they're just running it in the middle. 
They just ran the same play 45 times. Now, I'm not saying we haven't run inside zone a lot. That's what we hang our hat on. But it's, it's, it's as you said, there's so many complex things that we're doing within a simplistic play that it's harder to execute up front. So that the fact that you noticed that, I appreciate you studying that because that's a great question. And uh, why I told you, like, you know, my dad, he just kind of watches it, you know, as a fan. You probably watch it a little bit differently. There's so many different ways to run inside zone and outside zone and counter that, you know, the more you can do, the better you can be uh, if you just tweak one thing. And that one small tweak can create a lot of issues uh, on the other side. If you go back uh, to when we were playing North Carolina, our, our, those motions that we were doing, that crea- creates a lot of issues for the boss backers when people are trying to cheat. And uh, we were able to have a lot of success in the run game. And all we did was make one simple thing, right? But it creates some issues on the other end. So we're going to have to find a lot of creative ways and a lot of issues because Michigan is that good. So anyway, anybody else? Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Defense is going to execute for a full 60 minutes. What has to change? Consistency. You just said it. They have to do it for 60 minutes. They got to start fast, accelerate middle, and finish strong. And it comes down to all of it. It comes down to doing our job. It comes down to tackling. And, again, we've got some guys in some, some positions that are doing it for the first time. That's to be expected, right? I, have, I probably have different expectations in my players than what fans do or the media does. I know what they are capable of doing and where they are in their development. But that's the position we're in, and they're going to go out there and perform the best they possibly can. I couldn't be more proud of how hard our team is playing. There, there, is, there is no question how hard and what they're giving, what they are giving every single day in practice and on the field. It's a three and two football team. You know, they had a really, really hard fourth quarter, right? That had to learn the hard way at North Carolina about consistent play. But again, this is, this is one of the, I didn't sit there and say we got, you know, we got 54 seniors that are all back and here we go, right? This is a very team, a team that has a lot of, some, some experience and a lot of inexperience. And, uh, and some of the experience are playing different positions to help out with the lack of depth with some injury stuff. So, um, but that's what I love about this team is they give you everything they have from all the way in January to where they are now. They give you everything they have every single day. And I couldn't ask for more from them. So the consistency is going to have to be there. And then they're going to have to be able to, to grow up a little bit faster. And some of those guys are doing that. Yep. Oh, last thing. I uh, just want to be able to wish the Minnesota twins all the best as they head into the playoffs against the blue Jays. So, um, just want to wish Rocco and the Twins all the best. Oh, row the boat. Sky Mile, go Gophers. Thanks. Michigan, Minnesota, 730 Saturday night. 
By the way, in case you didn't know, the league's freshman of the week honor basically lives in Minneapolis after Darius Taylor won it for three consecutive weeks but couldn't go this past Saturday. Zach Evans steps in, 15 carries, 85 yards, a tutty. So four straight weeks now that the Big Ten freshman of the week honor has resided in the Twin Cities. Some coaches don't like to have a bye week quite this early in the season, but that's what Wisconsin had. Actually had a bye in a day after the last Friday victory over Purdue. Now it is back home against Rutgers. A couple of games at home in a row. Rutgers and then Iowa. As a matter of fact, it'll be the 21st of October until Wisconsin leaves the state again to face Illinois. But this Saturday, it is the Scarlet Knights. That's what's on the mind of Luke Fickle as we take you to Madison. Yeah, obviously, uh, coming off of a bye week is always, you know, I think a little bit unique um, for us in particular. It was a, it was, you know, a, a time for us to really kind of hone in and focus on ourselves. You know, it's not as much of a self scout in four weeks. Um, you know, so for anything, I twofold. I, I hate getting started like on the following opponents, so Rutgers, in you know, for ten days because I think guys, in particular, can get bored. You practice, you know, two or three times during a week. Um, prior during the bu- during the bye, and then you get into the game week when you really want them to kind of lock in and focus. So most of the bye week is kind of pre- looking at ourselves, um, preparing for the next eight nine weeks moving forward. Um, but it's hard to not at least you know get some some things as moving forward. Obviously for for game preparations and stuff like that. So very unique. We practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Came in a little bit on Friday morning just to run around. Um, coming off of a Friday night game, there, there was you know a little bit more time off than I've probably ever had and been used to. Um, but our guys were great. They, they came in on Friday morning, uh, ran around for about 45 minutes, and then we kind of got them out. Their guys had class and things, but they could kind of relax the rest of the weekend. If some guys were going home, they got an opportunity to get get, get home for a little bit. Um, but nonetheless, back in there on Sunday. And then we kind of get rolling this week as, as a, on, on a Monday, which we wouldn't normally do um, coming off the bye week. So We'll have plenty of time here uh, with practice starting off on today, which today is a Monday, but it'll be a Tuesday practice for us, and then we'll continue to push forward. You know, we, we've got a we've got a stretch here, and uh, nobody wants to talk about the stretch, right? We want to talk about you know th- what's coming up on Saturday, but this is uh, this is the time, this is the stretch that we've got to uh, make sure we're moving forward and doing doing the things that are going to give us a chance to be successful, not just this weekend, but continue to push forward for the next eight weeks. Luke, when you when you did and, and the staff look at what you guys has have done the first four games, what were some of the things that staff was in agreement on? Okay, we're doing well in these areas, but also, you know, we've got to improve. In well, I mean, <clears throat> the, the the good news is is you know we had been poor in the first few weeks in turnovers, and then all of a sudden we get a bunch of turnovers, and we had been poor in the first few weeks in, in third down um, offensively in particular, and you know obviously the the last game at Purdue we were much much better in the, in the third down stuff. So I think it's it's all part of that evolution um, you know you're looking at where you're doing a better job and where you need to focus um, I know defensively it's still about leverage it's still about tackling but that's not something you know all of a sudden in a bye week that you completely change you're going to go live all times um, but I think the best thing that uh, you know and I, you look at our guys and you look at our coaches and the things that we've emphasized the things we've talked about whether it was the first two or three weeks of the season into the fourth week I think that our kids have kind of taken that to heart and have gotten better so it gave us an opportunity to to focus back on those same things we were talking about after you know two and three weeks, but also you know even more so in the first four in particular. So um, it wasn't one in particular thing that you could just point at, 
uh, like we did in the first few weeks with turnovers and third downs. But I think there's a lot of little fundamental things that uh, we have to do a lot better as we move forward. Yeah, that bye week, obviously, you got Jackson and Cade trying to step up and fill in for, for Chess after being out now. How did you see those guys maybe answer that challenge and respond to some more reps and things like that? Well, we'll see. I think that you know the, the time will tell. I mean, Jackson's got a, a bunch of probably reps, um, more so in fall camp, um, as a guy that was all of a sudden starting to kind of come into his own a little bit more as a tailback as you know where he had played in the past and was showing some things that I thought uh, were really promising. Um, and then Kate as well. He just you know he he had probably gotten a lot more reps in the spring, um, being a guy that uh, was a little bit more of a focused guy in the spring. And not that he didn't get reps in fall camp, but I thought we thought it was important to see what Jackson could do a little bit more in the fall camp stuff. So both those guys' roles are going to be increased. Um, you know, I don't think it changes who we are and what we do. Uh, and I even told Braylon the same thing. It doesn't change. You know, I think it puts a little bit more on Braylon's plate, not just carrying the football, but, you know, the leader that Chez was, the energy that Chez was, the heart that Chez was, um, that's something that's going to be missed. And I think it's a it's a great opportunity for, in, in some ways, even Braylon to step out of his comfort zone and, and you know, kind of take a little bit of that role as that, uh, you know, that sometimes you get used to allowing Chez to just kind of be that guy in that room in particular. Luke, you've been asked a couple times about James Thompson Jr., but he's really seemed to have emerged here through the first four games. When you watch him, what stands out about what he's been able to do to succeed? And did you see this coming at all from when you got here? I, I, I don't, I can't say that I did for sure. I mean, I think that I've always loved James and his ability, you know, with size and length and some things that he's a little bit different than, the, than a lot of the other guys that we've got. Um, but just to see his production through the first four weeks, I think that's not a surprise, but I think it's been one of those things that has been, um, you know, intriguing to me, uh, been great to our defense in particular. Uh, for a guy that really is only probably playing, you know, 50% of the snaps, maybe a little bit more. Um, I think he maybe is averaging 40 40 some snaps a game um, is going to be a guy that we need to look as we continue to push forward to see is he more of a 65, 75% you know, amount of snaps in there. And not that that takes away from some others, but uh, you know, the things that he can handle, the things that he can do that will continue to you know, push forward. But um, he's a guy that's had flexibility. He can move around. He can play inside. He can play over the nose. He can play you know, on the edge. Um, I think he gives you some versatility for us defensively in a lot of different ways. Luke, in those first four weeks, how would you assess how Riley Mallman's played? <clears throat> Obviously, some adjustments were asked of the tackles in the offseason. I think he's kind of answered that. He's probably the quiet the quiet one that nobody talks as much about and, and is, is anything is the most consistent guy, I'd say. Um, you know, I think he's done a really good job. I think that, you know, when we look at him and we have this opinion of Riley, there's so much more left in there just because of his size and athleticism. He's a... You know, obviously only a sophomore, a guy that's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And his future to play this game can be for a long time. And, um, you know, so if, if you were to, to ask me more than anything, I would say he's maybe one of the more consistent pieces up front. Um, a guy that hasn't come out, a guy that hasn't subbed a whole lot, but yet a guy that, you know, you don't bring up his name a ton because he's doing all the little things really well. Uh, Jake Renfro, he obviously suited up against Purdue but didn't play. Do you anticipate him being able to play Saturday? And how do you work him back in, a yeah. guy who you know a lot about but haven't yep. seen him here? So I think it's still it's still one of those ones where, where you know, 
cautiously optimistic. He uh, last week or this past week in the bowl, or not bowl, but in bye week prep, a uh, lot more work. You know, and it was it started off just being some exchange periods. You know, the scout kind of looks, and then all of a sudden, when you know we were getting a lot more reps with some of the twos and threes and planet situations, you know, on Wednesday and Thursday, he was taking a lot of those reps. So I think he's feeling more and more comfortable. Um, I think the Purdue week was a little bit, you know, early. Uh, he got some reps and he got some reps on on a on a Wednesday or a Wednesday practice, and then even our Thursday practice, which was on Wednesday. Um, but I don't know if we felt really comfortable thinking that he had had enough if we needed him to go in that game. Uh, but he was there and he was ready. I think that after this past week and, and going into this week, he's he's a true viable option for us. I don't know that we're going to shift things around like you know, maybe like we started spring ball where you know he was kind of in there and then we you know we moved board over to a guard. Um, I don't think we're there yet, but I think that uh, I think it's a great opportunity for Jake to get himself back into a position where you know we can count on. And uh, if we need him, obviously he'll be there. But I think that there's some things that <clears throat> for him to continue to grow and even get healthier and healthier. Not that he's not healthy, but I just mean in all the different situations he's had, I think he's in a really good place right now. Um, but I don't know that we would change up a lot of what we're doing. Uh, Luke, you, correct if I'm wrong, but you were familiar with Nathaniel Vakos, right? You guys recruited him a little bit at Cincinnati. Who's it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Vakos, yeah. Um, still, when you're when you're out looking for a kicker in the offseason, um and you have a guy in the MAC that maybe hasn't played in front of seventy thousand plus people. How much does that factor in the equation at all? And how do you? I mean, you don't know, right? No, you really don't. I mean, I, for us in particular, if, if we're going to take a guy, there's some, there's some stipulations. There's a matrix that you that you would love to make sure fall into place. And that doesn't mean you know him exactly and how he has handled things when he was at Ohio and all those things this past years, uh, this past year. Uh, but at least we did know him. Uh, we had had him in camp. We had had him around. We had known what his personality was like, and truly believed that he could handle, you know, this environment, this atmosphere. And um, obviously, he's done a really, really good job. Uh, there's the things that are always challenges. I mean, if you said even through fall camp and spring ball and all that, that you know, he would be where he is and has done what he's done. I, I don't know. I mean, again, there wasn't seventy, eighty thousand people. It wasn't in situations where you, you you had to have it and, you know, been put in those situations so far in the first four weeks, and he's done nothing but impress all of us. Luke, kind of back to Ren for a little bit. I mean, we haven't seen him play here. You did at Cincinnati, obviously. What, what did he give you on the field at Cincinnati and in the locker room and also – um, Isaiah Mullins, is yeah. there an update on Mullins' situation? Uh, I don't know about Isaiah just yet. I mean, he, he uh, you know, limited a little bit last week. Um, so we'll see. You know, those older guys, bigger guys sometimes take a little bit longer. So we'll see um, where he is this week. Uh, as far as Jake, Jake is a very mature guy. You know, he, he's he's played a lot of football, but he's been out and missed a lot of football. And I know that's kind of an oxymoron to say, but as a young guy, we had him, and he started the entire year and, and played really, really, really well. And then, you know, then missed an entire year, and, and then has just kind of been had some of those nagging things back and forth. So, um, I would say that the most difficult thing is his confidence, just because the sheer fact of he just had such a roller coaster the last year and a half. Um, but the thing that gives him a chance is maturity. You know, he's by nature a very powerful and strong guy. So even the time missed, even the, you know, getting back with his feet underneath him, whether it's the knee or the foot, um, he's in a position where, you know, he's very comfortable because he is a naturally strong guy and, and he has the experience of playing a lot of football. 
Um, but that's why I said I don't know that we're in a rush. He's there. He's doing you know, a really good job at getting himself back. And, and um, if needed, then I don't feel like we would be worried um, because of the ball that he has played. But I think that there could be some really good situations that maybe this gives him some time and opportunity to, to hone his skills a little bit and get that body really ready to roll. Luke, when you're facing a Rutgers team that's blitzing as much as they are, like, do you have to devote extra time to it in practice, or you kind of just trust the things you've already installed can kind of work through those? Well, I think that game? I think that you got to be aware, um, you know, and I think that more than anything, that you know, the, the way you play the game is, you know, being smart. I mean, if, if they're a team that's a high, high percentage of, of pressure team, you're trying to find those indicators to to give you the best indication of what's coming, um, because you know we're all better when we have an idea of what it is that's coming, but. You know, they'll adjust, they'll adapt. Um, you know, they'll give you some things a little bit different. But I think that you know, there's a high risk and high reward, and a lot of those things defensively when, when you're pressuring. And uh, you know, if they're going to do that, we got to capitalize on the opportunities that we have. And but we also got to be smart and sound in what we're doing as well. Look to follow up about Jackson and Cade. Just when Chez was in, he was averaging about 13 carries per game through four games. Do you feel like you need that many touches out of whatever combination is the backup? And how do you? How do you manage Braylon's workload knowing hmm? his injury history and just not wanting him to wear down throughout the course of the season? No, I think that – I don't think that uh, it will change a ton. I think that maybe the biggest thing is just knowing exactly what it is we want to do with who's in the game. Um, but I don't feel like – and I told sitting down with Braylon this past week, I didn't feel like all of a sudden I'm saying we need you to step up, we need you to you know take a little bit more of a leadership role. It doesn't mean that your carries need to go up twofold or – thinking that your touches need to be, you know, exponentially different. Um, we need to do what we need to do to win ball games. But I also think that we believe in those other guys, you know, and, and maybe maybe it's Jackson, maybe it's Cade, maybe it's a combination. Um, I don't feel like we would be worried about giving them the ball and asking them to do the things that, that, he, that we've done. Um, is there a difference between, between Chez? Yeah, I would say that just because of experience. Um, but I feel like you know, all of us feel good about what it is that we're doing to not think we're going to overload uh, Braylon and, and turn him into a 30-carry-a-week uh, guy or some, something like that. And, but Braylon also knows that whatever we have to do, we have to do. Um, so I think there's a balance there. I think that we, we continue to figure that out as we continue to move forward, and that's a part of, you know, evolving and developing throughout the entire season. So, Luke, with – I know you and Greg have that uh, – Greg Shannon have that – Ohio State connection. Just how is your relationship with Greg, and and how have you gotten to you know know each other? It's a, it's a one year. I mean, I we were only together for one year, um, but nonetheless, I, I obviously got to spend a lot of time with him and got to know him well. And I'm not a. I, we haven't stayed in a whole lot of contact. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. There aren't fortunately a whole lot of guys that I stay in contact with. It's just um, it is what it is. But uh, we've known each other. Obviously, spent a lot of time together. Um, have an incredible amount of respect for for him, and even from afar, always kind of watched and studied what they what they had done. Um, obviously, not being in the league, not ever playing against him, um, but having that relationship a little bit more, and you know, now studying them and, and recognizing, I see a lot of him in this entire team in this program, and uh, very sound at what they do. They're going to take advantage of every opportunity they get, and and they're 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 going to know who they are. Luke, you obviously gave up a lot of yards on the ground against Purdue. Um, just with this stretch of Big Ten teams coming up, they can really run the football. What's your concern level for the rush defense? I, I don't. I mean, it's not like there's an over-concern level. Um, 
you know, I think that we feel like, you know, we've given up some some big runs in third down situations, and those are the ones that have probably cost us as much as anything. And uh, unfortunately, you know, you spend a little bit of time watching football, not a ton of time watching football this weekend, but a little bit of time watching football. And I think that's one of those things that I recognize across the board in college football right now is defensively in particular, people are having a little bit more of an issue with big plays, and they're coming on the third down uh, runs. And uh, I think it's a great job by the offenses, to be honest with you. So I feel like we're a little bit in that same category. Um, you can get too tied into just how many rushing yards. I think that obviously against Purdue, the quarterback scrambling and running um, cost us a lot, and, and there was a lot of yards there. And then a couple of the big runs you know, on some on the third down stuff that uh, – just really puts you in a, in a bad situation. So not alarming, um, but we all know that even in, during the bye week, you're finding things that you need to shore up, and um, definitely run defense is, is one of those ones. I know you were asked about this after the game, but with Muma, he played so much in the first three games, and then in that one, he, I think he was in for the fourth down play and the, like the final defensive snap. Was that a matter of just – playing how, how well he was playing how the how well the other guys were playing was it injury what no I just it's just you know sometimes in, in some of those situations um in particular Purdue spread us out a lot and you know we felt like it was a situation where you know Jake Cheney was you know in a little bit better role in, in some of the the spread stuff that we were getting as much as they were you know trying to extend us outside the box and it became a really difficult uh in that game in particular to roll just on you know how much they were you know not giving you opportunities to sub and do some things and, you know, just the way that the game was going with them playing. Um, but, you know, again, I think that we've, we feel like we've got three starting linebackers inside and some way, somehow we can roll those guys and do a better job at making sure they're all involved in what it is that we're doing. A question for you on Rutgers. They're four and one at this point from the film that you've watched. What areas do you think they can present some challenges? Well, I think they're very. They do a great job at managing the game. I think special teams wise, you can tell they're they're very honed into what it is that they do. They're going to challenge you and pressure you in every situation, whether it's you know coming after punts, whether it's you know a possibility of fakes. Um, they're going to have everything possible on the board, um, which makes you have to really execute at what you're doing. I think they do a great job at controlling the football. Um, call it rushing the ball, but I think they're very smart in, in what it is that they're doing and, and how in which they do it. They're going to they're gonna feature the guys that are um, their best players. I mean, they're going to get the ball to the tailback. They're going to put the ball in the quarterback's hands and give them some RPO options and ability to run the football. Uh, and then they're going to rely a lot more on their defense in a lot of situations. And I think that just from the big picture of the things that if you ask me what Coach Ciano does a great job of, it's being who they are, knowing what they need to do to, to be successful week in and week out. And... Um, you know, I'd say that's who Rutgers is in a, in a nutshell. Still efforting to get you sound from Ryan Walters as promised. But for now, we'll take you to Lincoln in just a minute to hear from Matt Rule. Got to be a really tough weekend for Rule and the Huskers. Just dominated by a Michigan team that played its best game of the season, 45-7. to And now something of a short week as Rule and the Huskers hit the road to take on an Illinois team that is stuck in an equal early season struggle. Looking back and looking ahead, here's Husker headman Matt Rule. All right, yeah, we're, we're right in the swing of uh, things, getting ready for um, getting ready for Illinois Friday night on a short week. So we, we got a lot of work done yesterday and um, you know, adjusting the week to get ready for a Friday night game. Just a couple uh, injury updates. Uh, Deshaun Singleton uh, hurt his knee. He'll be out for an extended period of time. I would expect to have him back at some point. 
I don't know when that'll be. So Deshaun will be out this Friday. Uh, Luke Reimer um, uh, out of the hospital, uh, back and forth, kind of a little bit. So uh, Luke Luke won't play this Friday, but hopefully we'll have Luke healthy and back with us here soon. So. Friday game has it changed up tempo in practice at all? Just because it's a quicker pace and a shorter week. Um, I think you'd have to just uh, you have to just uh, condense maybe the work time that you know that you're doing. Normally Monday's a day off for us. As I said, we worked last night. Um, we um, we'll have the players come in tonight, this afternoon, this evening, which normally Mondays are off for us. So those are the two main differences. At the risk of it. Sound like a loaded question. Would this be an example of a good time to hit the road? Maybe. Well, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that we, we're we're blessed to have these fans. It's like, it's like Terrence Knighton said. You know, Terrence was like, "Man, we're played that badly, and let's make sure we say this now." Okay, uh, you know, after the game, I, you asked me a question, and I, in the NFL, I had to answer you the next day. Here, I get a day, and I would have answered you the next day. We didn't play very well. Okay, we didn't play well enough. That's not to take anything away from Minnesota, uh, excuse me, Michigan. Okay, Michigan's an excellent football team. But we could have played better than that. Um, and then I say we, I say we cause I, that's not me throwing the players under the bus. That's all of us. And I don't think there's a guy in that locker room that doesn't feel that way. So um, that wasn't good enough. That wasn't good enough at all. Um, so we're not, it's not the, it's not the crowd. You know, it's not the, no, I'm saying like, I don't care. I don't care where we play next. Like I, Terrence Knight said to me, he said, I can't believe we played that badly. And people were still there and they're cheering for us and all those things. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing, it's a, you can't help but say thank you to the people that came. But um, yeah, we, 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 we got, how I really feel. I'm trying to get the players to stop thinking about all of this other stuff, like play. Like, so, you, okay. We put one out and played Minnesota. We played good football against Minnesota. We were flying around on defense. We were hitting people. We looked the way it's supposed to look. And then some things went wrong, right? We got a bad call at the end of the half. We scored a touchdown. It doesn't go our way. Okay, great, whatever. We come back, we battle. We fumble the ball at the end of the game. We throw a pick. We lose the game. We go to Colorado. We're playing. We're playing pretty well, right? We had three turnovers. I want to talk about the turnovers. I keep saying to the guys, like, it was 13-7 with six minutes left in the third quarter. We lost 36-13. Like, we kind of accepted the fact that we were going to lose. And so – to me, Bill Walsh said it, you know, champions behave like champions before they're champions. They have a winning standard. So I want a winning mindset. And, um, you know, we played in Northern Illinois. We played La Tech. You know, we're a defensive football team. The defense has to learn that we're a defensive football team. They've got to play great defense while the offense throws, you know, kind of plays body blows. We don't leave the offense out there in four wides, dropping back and throwing it 50 times a game. We, we did that the last couple of years, right? And everyone said, hey, it, does, it doesn't work here. So why would the defense want us to still keep doing that? So I'm saying all that to say that we've got to get to the point where we go out and play, and it doesn't matter if I'm getting double teamed as a D lineman. It doesn't matter what the call is. It doesn't matter if we're down 14 nothing. We got to play, and um, that's the winning mindset. And whereas the guys have to again, kind of probably not listen to everything that's out there. What you should be doing? There's no you should be doing. At least in this building, it's like go play. It's a football game. So, Steve, I expect our, our, we have some really good players. They're going to play in the National Football League. They, they need to show up. Like, they need to show up. Like, the, the good players from Michigan, I, I, know, I can tell you who they were because I watched them on the field, okay? Our really good players need to show up. And that's not me calling anybody out. That's me giving them confidence that I believe they can do it. There's a big difference, right? I'm not calling anybody out by name. We have guys that I believe on our team can absolutely wreck a game. And I want to see them wreck the game. And this whole, oh, I'm just overthinking a little bit, coach, and I'm worried about this, and I don't want to make a mistake. Okay, enough. You know, the, the first play, you know, all these texts, man, what a great catch, caught him on his helmet. 
cover three in the middle, the middle safety players at five yards. It's a missed assignment. Second play, touchdown, missed assignment. Third play, missed assi- all the touchdowns, missed assignments. So we're better than we played, right? So you, you tell me I want to get that off my chest to the guys. I love our guys. And I, all I want our guys to do is play football with confidence. I don't want them playing football afraid to lose. Play football with confidence. And so that's my job. I haven't gotten it done yet. So I'm anxious to play on Friday. So some clarity on Reimer. You said he had some pain um, on Saturday. Is that like injury pain, illness no, pain? No, he's got he, – he, um, I just don't want to start talking about his personal health yeah. without him saying. But no, nothing football-related. Yeah, nothing football-related. Without those guys, Singleton and Reimer, put that in perspective, not having – those two guys. It's a big deal, you know. I mean, some guys have to step up. Like even in that game, once Deshaun went down, you know, Tommy, who's been playing both ways, had to go play the whole game at corner. Then you know, Newsom had to go in and play at safety. So Phelan really played well. He came through for us. So uh, this week, I think because we have some time to do it, like Kobe Bretts is a guy that can play football. We need Kobe to play well. We need Phelan to step up and play well. Um, Tommy's, you know, Tommy's a guy who's been playing both ways. You know, he needs to help us at corner too. Um, some young guys that have been kind of in that red shirt mode. DeAndre Barnes is an excellent young player. He's been practicing with the twos. He's ready to go now if we need him. So some of those injuries, you know, could maybe, maybe affect us. I think Len Hart, we have a chance of getting back this week. So obviously that'd be a big thing for us. Um, Makai has been playing that jack position. He went back last week and played middle linebacker. Um, so just some different things like that. Hopefully we can settle down this week and really lock some guys into roles. You mentioned hesitance, that word, after the game. And I wonder, after you watched it again and saw it, do you, do you agree still? You think they were, they were hesitant um, at all um, against Michigan? Or what jumped off the film to you as needing to see that you didn't? Yeah, we, we, absolutely. We, we were hesitant in the way that we played. Like our pass rushers, our pass rushers rushed to, make, to try to keep their quarterback in the pocket instead of cutting loose to go rush the quarterback because he ran for a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown because one of our young D linemen didn't, you know, went the wrong way and didn't execute his, didn't execute his assignment. Um, you can't play football trying not to make mistakes, right? You just can't do it that way. You've got to attack, especially a team like Michigan, right? Like you have to attack. The bigger thing for me, and I'm saying this out loud so that our, it's spoken into existence, is I want to be the type of team that we're playing like this, and then we get down fourteen nothing, and we're like, oh, oh, heck no! I'm not playing like this. I'm not losing. I'm not losing forty-five-seven in front of my mom. <laughs> like I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play better. Not jumping out and doing my own thing, but trusting ourselves and trusting our technique. So when people say learning how to win, if you haven't won um, a lot, it's hard to figure out how to win. So it's like I'm doing this. Okay, don't make. Well, we lost because we made mistakes. Don't make mistakes. I'm gonna do my own thing and. And it, I want the, if you have confidence, like that, the team we play, play with confidence, right? You go out there, you play with a little swagger. You do your job. You do it at a really high level. Their, long, their longest play was 29 yards. It wasn't like it was like, you know, just running bias. We couldn't cover. It was 29 yards on a busted assignment. Um, we could have played better than that. So I think it's, it's that, hesit- that hesitation of not wanting to be the guy who messes up. But great, we need our play- great players to be great players. And we need them to go make plays and make plays within the scheme, not outside the scheme. So... That was, that was pretty clear last night. And I, I, I take full responsibility. My job is to teach them how to win. Um, so if, if, if we haven't figured out yet how to win, we were so close at Minnesota. That was what it was supposed to look like. And just because we lost doesn't mean you start searching for different answers. You just double down on what we did then. So here we are on the road again. We have a chance to go on the road, play a good team. Let's, let's go do what we were doing. Irrespective of health, are you guys ready to embrace and kind of line up behind Heinrich as your starting quarterback? 
Um, um, I feel very confident with Heinrich being the starting quarterback. That, that being said, I also I, I have a lot of confidence in Jeff. I know it's not probably a great answer, but we went out. We practiced practice last night, Sam. We, we practiced practice last night, and uh, Jeff looked awesome. Jeff looked great. Heinrich, Heinrich looked great. Chubba looked good. So, um, you know, I'm getting them both ready. Um, you know, but I have, I have full confidence in Heinrich. In the midst of losing, and I know there were some things, some bad passes and all things, but in the midst of losing, I saw things from Heinrich that, that I wanted to see. I saw him compete. I saw him, you know, I saw him and Billy work well versus man and went on some option routes. So I saw some things that I think we need to add to our run game, just have to get the run game back to what it had been doing. How close are you to having what you would define as a good offensive identity that you can replicate week after week? We have, we have an offensive identity. We, we're going to run the ball. <laughs> you know, don't, don't, I would not just confuse, in all seriousness, I would not confuse identity, like knowing what you want to do and who you are with always having success. Like, you know, we lined up and, and we tried to run the ball against those guys. If that game stays like 7 nothing, or if we go down on that fourth and two and we score and make it 14-7, we're going to continue just trying to like, hey, they were running the ball. They were, trying, they were very consistent with their clips. We would have stayed with that. Once you get down 28 nothing, you know, you're, we're going to play to win. You know, we, we came out. But um, we, you know, we know exactly who we are. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run a little bit of option. We're going to play action pass here and there. We're going to try to convert third downs. Um, I think we're, we're just trying to do it better. Do you always practice? Along with Heinrich, uh, after having a chance to watch the tape, what positive do you take away from Saturday, either team or individual standpoint? Uh, that we can learn from it. That's, I mean, you know, there's some guys that compete. Billy Kemp competed like a son of a gun. Some other guys competed. I don't want to – and I'm not saying our guys didn't compete. Just, you know, to kind of what Mitch was saying, I just think we play with an air of hesitancy. When anytime, you're, when anytime your team does that, you put it on yourself as a coach. I'm not cutting them loose enough, so um, i got to do a better job. So we went out last night and we played. Uh, we, we, didn't play, we didn't really play Saturday. We kind of went out there and tried, we tried, to, tried, to, do, do, you know, tried to win. you got to play. It's a game. you got to play it. You got to play it, right? Was your Sunday practice? Was your Sunday practice a little different than usual? When you say practice, practice Sunday, was yeah, it a little practice last night? Full pads. Yeah, we practiced. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that like no, but yeah, we went out in full pads. We competed. You know, we said, hey, we did. It's a short week, so it's kind of like a Tuesday, right? So it's it's that too. But we didn't really we didn't really play the level we wanted to on Sunday. So we went out, we put the ball down, we played, and you know what? Guys had fun playing. What about turn court? Is he available? He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. So, will he be back after starting left? Mm-hmm. Yes. Malachi Coleman um, didn't get in that game, and he's at the four-game mark. Is, I mean, he's a guy that you plan to play more than four Yeah, games. yeah, he was out last week. Uh, he was in the protocol, so he uh, got you know, hit during practice. How do you feel about the, the running back spot now after a couple of weeks of trying to figure it out after game and Ramirez's situation? Yeah, we've been going with Anthony. Um, you know, Anthony just has to protect the football. You know, I mean – I, you know, when he, when he fumbled that game early on, I know a lot of people kind of said he's in the doghouse. Why is, no one's in the doghouse. It's just, it's just you can't – we can't play the way we want to play and put the ball on the ground, right? So it happened again in the red zone. So we're just – I'm working with him all the time. I love the guy. I walked off the field with him like, hey, you'll be back. Let's go. Um, Fleeks, I just think, showed us a dynamic element, and I thought Emmett played really well. So Emmett played really well. Quentin, you know, we've been trying to bring Quentin along. There's just a big difference. He's so talented. It's a big difference from going from, like, seeing cards to – being out there and they can be in one of seven different defenses. And so Quentin's coming, but I think Josh has been the one guy that really kind of jumped. So he can play receiver, he can play tailback. So, um, you know, Anthony will just work on ball security. Fleeks will keep bringing him along. And Emmett's a guy I think can do it all. Heinrich described the loss on Saturday as demoralizing. How do you see the team's psyche after a few days removed from the game? You know, um, it, I, all I know is what it better be. <laughs> it better be, 
it better be we can't let that happen again. Um, it better be we better play our best game on Friday. It better be um, for all of us that you, you don't get to play for the University of Nebraska Cornhuskers and play in that stadium and play with all these facilities and get all the things that we get and then judge how hard how well we're going to play based upon if we're down 14 nothing or not, if we're down 13-7 with six minutes left in the third quarter against Colorado, we better we better play play. Okay, so that's the mindset. That's the mindset. And so as I've told the guys, like they got, hey, I know you don't really know me, Coach Rule. They bring you along to like, hey, I believe in you. To now, I, I believe in them too much to let that happen on Saturday. It's ridiculous what happened on Saturday. So I believe in them too much. They're going to play. Okay, and then all I'm doing is this Friday is a great test. I said it to you guys right after the game. I said, hey, we'll find out who we are on Friday. We'll go to that bye week and we'll look at the tape and we'll say, okay, like who are the, who are the Lions? Who are the, I'm not talking about being perfect. This is not a game of perfect, man. But like who are the ones that, that go out there and they attack? And so I'll put my money on a lot of these guys, though. Like I, can see, I could see Jamari Butler looking. His, I could see Ty Robinson looking in their eyes last night. You know. It's clear that you want to see more fire from them. We can see that from you today. Um, how do you balance that with like just the overall approach that you take to this program being methodical and blue-collar? You know, and not, you know, the team that wants to come out and, and win a game in the first quarter. Is, is there something that is some balance careful. There? I'm not saying fire. I'm not saying our guys weren't fired up to play. That's a big – I'm not saying they were flat. I'm saying – no, no, but I'm, I'm, very specifically what I'm saying is we are a team of great guys that doesn't want to be – that we don't want to make mistakes and lose the game. Okay? And so you can't play that way. You've got to, you got to do your assignment. Like, you don't get to just say, hey, I'm supposed to block Sam, but I'm going to block Sean instead. <laughs> you got to do your assignment. But, like, you got to attack it. You can't go out there and be like, I don't want to get beat. So if you, have, if you have seven guys on offense trying not to get beat, like, who's knocking anybody down? You know, the great Cornhusker teams, they talked about knockdowns. We had, like, 100 some knockdowns two weeks ago. And we didn't you – know, on the fourth and one play, you know, I'll always take the heat, like, you know, take the questions, like, hey, should we run this, should we run that? No one was on the ground on a fourth and one play, not one player. Because we're all trying not to get beat. So, I, again, not th- I'm, I'm sending this message so that everybody on our team knows what it is. and everybody. So, I don't think it's fire. That being said, the, pro- the process to me is very – it's never the schedule. It's not that we practice on Sundays or Mondays. The process is that we have a standard of performance, a mindset, that we attack everything. We try to go 1-0 every single day. We try to get 1% better. And when we don't, we take responsibility for it. We, we attack like lions, every, everything that we do. And so um, – the only crime against a team ever is to accept losing, you know, to accept losing. So I, I thank Coach Harbaugh at the end of the game. I said, thanks for letting us play that out, right? Like two weeks ago we had the lead. Uh, who was it? Uh, Northern only went down and scored as the game was over and kind of people were kind of like, uh, I was like, no, they got to get ready for their season, right? We lost that day. But the onside kick, like most times you wouldn't want to show your onside kick. We did it. didn't look very good. <laughs> we're going to get better from it. So I just – that's the mindset for me. I, I was on the officials to the very end of the game like, hey, throw that flag. Like – we're going to play till the end of the game. So that's the process for me. That's the methodical nature. Um, it's just, you know, hey, come after every game, tell the truth. We win, we lose. What happened? We could have played better on Saturday. Our guys are such good guys. They don't want to lose. But we're not going to win until we start to attack. You had 14 sacks in the first three games. I don't know if you guys have had any in the last two. Now, sacks isn't the definitive on quarterback pressure, but what do you think's happened the last couple two couple weeks? And how do you think it might affect the game against Illinois? They've struggled with protecting yeah, um, it's a great question. Um, maybe, maybe we had, I don't know, one against uh, La Tech. We, you know, we've been going with a, l- a little bit more four-man rush, a little bit more coverage. Um, there were some times in this game, again, when I say we're better than we play, like Prince Will won a couple times. Uh, Jamari won a couple times. The ball was out really quickly. 
because, you know, just the coverage, you know, again, we moved a lot of guys around, but still, like, you know, hey, we're supposed to drop down over number three, and that guy runs to the post, and the guy's wide open, he throws the ball. So I think, I think we can get pressure. The, to me, you know, we have to have the ability to get pressure with four. It can't always be like against Colorado, we were bringing five and six and seven, right? Um, we have to be, have the ability to get pressure with four guys, and uh, kind of goes back to what I'm saying about attacking, right? Like you can't rush trying to keep the guy in the pocket. We have to rush, and Altmaier's an excellent player. He can run. He's athletic, but we can't just sit there and blitz all day and play, you know, straight man across the board. We're going to have to rush and let our pass rushers rush. And so we um, we've been trying to emphasize it, but uh, we're not getting the necessarily the results. Michigan at the same time does a nice job of, you know, they're going to chip, they're going to protect, and they're going to trust their their guys to win, and their guys won on some big plays. What's your confidence level in Elvano at kickers? Three three in a row he's missed now, and kind of how do you assess that situation? He's just like the rest of us, <laughs> you know. Um, he's just like the rest of us. I've got to be better. Uh, the O-line's got to be better. The D-line's got to be better. Trist- Tristan has to be better. Tristan can kick better than he's kicking right now. And so um, um, he's got to get it corrected. You know, he was out there last night. He was kicking. It's not for a lack of uh, effort, not for a lack of trying. But um, – yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to always, when I go to the game, I'm going to trust our guys to make the plays that they're spo- that I think they can make. Now, that might adjust the line. You know, he might go for a few more times. But, you know, we went through one foot on fourth and one and it didn't work out for us, right? But um, I think Tristan can do it. I, I know he can do it. And uh, he's a young player. You know, sometimes I would have loved to have brought him along a little later, but he's, he's going through the fire right now. And I, the good news is I think he's recognizing, again, when we talk about that fear and confidence, like, Hey, you know, I'm missing some big kicks that I want to make. I'm still here. I'm still making it. I'll, I'll, I'll be okay. And so uh, Tristan's just going to have to get better like the rest of us. You mentioned after the game it could be big for a guy like Jalen even to have that catch at the end. Uh, how close is he? And, and sort of do you have an update on some of the other young guys? I know like Jaden Dawes had the hand injury or whatever earlier. Is he closer? Where, where, where are some of those yeah, guys standing? Jaden was clear to practice last week. You know, he broke his arm. So he's clear. he was finally cleared last week. So he was out there with us last night. So he – He's a guy that could could see some reps. Um, as I said, Malachi was out last week. Um, Malachi, I thought, was really coming on before that. You know, he played he played some good snaps the week before against La Tech. Uh, Jalen Jalen's another guy that you know, as he masters what he's doing in the playbook, I think he's uh, we're seeing some things out of him. So those guys are all kind of right there uh, on on the precipice of getting on the field. Coach, going back to the quarterback spot, a couple of weeks ago, Marcus Satterfield said something along the lines of, you know, Heinrich and, and Jeff are both so talented, he doesn't want them both on the sidelines. I mean, have you ever thought about a dual quarterback system? Is that something you believe in or would try? Uh, uh, I mean, at the same time, or are you talking about, like, just ro- playing both? Like rotating them in and out. Yeah, I'll do, to to you know, I'll do whatever it takes to win. You know, I'll do whatever it takes to win. Is it safe to say that his road to recovery has taken longer than you expected? No, he had a high ankle sprain. You know, I just think he's so tough that he was out there. Like, even last week in practice, like, he's out there, but he you know, kind of, you know, he's kind of Cam last week. Cam was out there moving around, but they just, they just can't do fully everything. And so, you know, as a quarterback, you can be available as kind of an active guy. Um, as a D lineman, it's kind of hard to push off. So uh, I, I think, um, you know, when, they, when that first happened, you know, I usually think of, High angle sprains being four to six weeks, so I, I expected it to be probably around now. Uh, these short weeks, you probably got used to them in the NFL, so I'm not sure it's really new for you. But what what maybe is different in a week like this? And, and are you aware of that you might have you might have these every year because of a tolerance that Nebraska put in ten years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I uh, you know I was in the when I was in the American and the MAC. You know, you, uh, when, I, when we were in the MAC, when I was an assistant coach, I you know I couldn't tell you if it was Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday because we play a Thursday night, a Friday night, a Saturday night. You know, the only thing tough is that you get back at like, you know, we play these night games on the road, you get back so late, you know, but thankfully the guys have 
Thankfully, it's a Friday night. So we played Thursday. We played Friday. We're going to play another Friday. Um, I don't really love night games very much because you're sitting around, especially on Fridays. You know, at least on Saturdays, you can watch other teams play. On Fridays, you're watching, you know, as the world turns or something, you know. So it's, it's not super, super, super ideal. But, um, you know, like I said, we're not going to, you know, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, the changes in the week just kind of uh, this week. We'll keep our kind of our normal rhythm, except we brought him in on Monday. We did more last night. And uh, I, I, I trust Mitch, our sports science uh, guy. He just does a great job with the recovery and trying to make sure I don't do too much, you know, to make sure they're fresh for Friday night. When you're in a short week, do you try to condense the amount of things you're trying to fix in practice because you maybe don't have quite as much time? Yeah, I think you have to condense. Um, you have to condense what you're doing. Right? You know what I mean? Like, um, you you know, to me, to me, um, you know, in the NFL, when you're going Sunday to Thursday, that's really hard. You know, I remember I was with Coach Coughlin. We just walked through that whole week. We came, we went out, we, went out and we played somebody, and uh, we just ran kind of like our training camp offense, and we had more success because <laughs> the guys are really familiar with it. And so I learned something there. But um, yeah, I think on a week like this, now you're playing a different defense, right? You're playing kind of a a bare defense that plays some man, plays some zone. You know, you're facing a an offense that can that can be big. It can it can spread it out. You know, they can they can get big on you. They can be little on you. So you have to face so many different things with Illinois. They're so well coached that um, you do have to prepare a lot. So we try to do a good job with walkthroughs. But again, like that's why I said last night, we went out and practiced last night. Not again, nothing's ever a punishment. It's always an opportunity, right? It's like an opportunity. We we've got to get that game out of our system, and we've got to go compete. So. I thought the guys, they had a great look about them when we got done last night. Talk about avoiding the outside noise with the players. Is there anything you can do other than tell the kids not to uh, pay attention to anything outside? I mean, other coaches, have, some coaches have banned social media or whatever. I mean, do you ever consider that? No way. I don't, I don't, even, tell them to, I don't even tell them, like, I don't tell them what to think because they're not going to listen to me anyway, right? I mean, you know, I, I try to tell my son, hey, don't look at Twitter. And he's like, okay, as he's looking at Twitter, right? So... Um, you know, I think this is this is the modern world, right? And you have to you have to you have to decide um, where, where you put your attention to, right? So, um, you know, if I'll just say this: if, if being two and three is the end of the world for us, then you know, I mean, like, there's a lot of two and three teams in the Big Ten right now. Like, we're facing one on Friday, so I get you know, I mean, I think I think Nebraska's been two and three or some version of their thereof the last couple of years, and. When you look back at last year, when they got to this point last year, I thought they accelerated, right? The team got better, and they had some chances to win games down the stretch. So why don't we just, just do that? You know, that, that was the message last night was um, do that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I most important thing to me in this program is that the guys become great adults, and so I would never tell them to, you know, not look at this or look at that. You've, uh, you've seen Illinois and their progression. What do you, what do you make of that and, and, and just the principles that – Exist in in Bielema's program, you know. You know, me know. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know Brett real well, other than just kind of since I've gotten to the league, right? You know, he's, you know, when you go to like the meetings, he's one of the more sort of uh, stately, you know, sort of elder statesman. You know, weighs in on, on topics, has really good perspective. Um, I think, uh, you know, obviously they've done a, you know, you watch even early on, just kind of watching them from afar, like really kind of you know, ran the ball, played defense. They're much more diverse now, explosive. I think they do a great job of taking advantage of the guys that they have, right? You know, they. They had a bunch of guys last year get drafted. They come back this year. You know, they're they're tailoring what they do to those players. Uh, they do an excellent job. Um, they're going to challenge you up front on their defensive line. They're going to challenge you up front offensively. Anytime you have a quarterback who can run, it's going to be a challenge. So um, uh, it'll be it'll be a heck of a football game. You talk about 
wanting your guys to attack and just go out and play. Is there anyone that you show them as a model that you've coached before is like, hey, this is what this looks like in terms of attacking? Yeah, I think I, uh, I haven't done that. Um, that's a great – I might do that now. Um, I showed them the ones who did. I, I showed them Tommy Hill. I, you guys probably saw you – know, Tommy Hill took that kickoff return in that game and, and after last week where he fumbled, okay? And he fumbled last week, and he's the one who, he went down and got the ball, Okay. Then he's playing both ways. He catches the kickoff return this week. He runs and he gets he gets not hit hard, right? He gets back up. He goes out. He continues to play on defense. We, we need him on offense. We yell for him. He goes on offense. It's at the end of the game, okay? And I say it's 45, whatever. And I say I say I'm gonna put uh, one of the young guys. And he's like, no, I'm going. It's like last week I took him off a of kickoff because he's playing like you know how many snaps. He's like, I'm going on kickoff. Don't ever take me off again. I said, gotcha, Tommy. Kickoff return. He goes out. He catches the ball. Doesn't get any great blocking. And if, if you go back and watch the play. Like, he literally carries people, like, seven yards. And not everyone on the play is, like, pushing the pile for him. He carries people seven yards. I told him he walked off the field. I said, man, I said, I said, I said, <laughs> I said my own way. I said, I'll, I'll mess with you forever. Like, I, I love guys like that, man. Like, and, you know, from what I hear from people, maybe Tommy wouldn't have maybe done that last year. I don't know. But Tommy Hill, man, like, just give me, just give me a bunch of guys like that. You know, so um, he doesn't want it easy. He, want, he, wants it, he wants it to be difficult and um, loves to compete. So I showed the team that. So that they all know, like, hey, what's Coach Wu looking for? I show them that. And then tonight, we're going to show them what last night looked like. Because last night was winning football. And then we're going to do the same thing tomorrow. So they, they, uh, they'll, they'll get it. All good. Thanks, guys. Matt Rule, open, honest, candid, despite the fact that he is without question frustrated. He says, my job is to teach them how to win. So on Sunday, which is typically not a full pad, full practice day, the Huskers went at it. Of course, this is a quote-unquote Tuesday on the practice schedule since Nebraska's game against Illinois this coming weekend is a Friday night game. Now, Purdue plays on Saturday. They will make their first Big Ten road trip of the year as they head to Kinnick Stadium to take on the Iowa Hawkeyes, trying to piece together two wins in a row after a really impressive victory over Illinois at home on Saturday. Here is Purdue head coach Ryan Walters. Um... You know, you still – traditionally, they still want to run the ball first. Um, you know, they play with multiple tight ends, uh, heavy sets. You know, they they are a throw-second mentality. Um, and, you know, the the backup is a big guy. He's got a big arm, uh, talented in that aspect. Um, not, not as mobile as the starter. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll – take that into consideration on on the way we're game planning uh, but you know they still have the same personnel around them so um, you know we got to be able to, to hold up in the run game um, be able to hold up on the line of scrimmage um, and be able to, to be creative with the ways we cover their tight ends uh, the defense looked like it played outstanding but having watched it back I forgot that they had a couple of open should have been touchdowns that were dropped or overthrown so how do you address the, you know, the secondary coverage where there's been a lot of big plays through the other team's passing games this season? Yeah, I mean, you know, they, the two times they were open um, was on a double move. Like that, had, we also hit them on a double move, right? Um, and then a, a play action uh, pop pass where we, we lost eyes. Um, but that, that is, you know, that's the give and take where you are aggressive in the way you um, play the game defensively and trying to get hits on a quarterback. And um, when the quarterback gets hit as much as he did, you tend to overthrow those type of throws. 
Um, and so I wasn't as concerned. Um, you know, like, like I said, we can teach the technique on the double move. Um, Got to be more patient with our eyes on the tight end. But, you know, I think there's a reason why they missed those plays, and it's because we were in the backfield a lot. What is the status of OC Brothers? Uh, he should be available this week. Uh, plan on him getting his role back if, if that's the case, or if not, obviously Yanni had a, a great game on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I was really happy with the way Yanni played and with the way he prepared. Um, so we'll see how this week's practice goes, but, you know, Yanni played better than that position has played up to this point. Ryan, what was the key um, to unlocking this run game over the past two weeks? You know, I think just a, com a combination of things. One, you know, I, I think our offensive line um, is playing better. Obviously, Gus getting um, inserted into the lineup and, and, and feeling comfortable helps, you know, just with his experience, his um, his athleticism, his mindset, um, the way he communicates. Um, you know, I think our, our running backs are starting to hit their groove, and, and you know, we as an offensive staff are, um, you know, finding out what they're good at and, and, and what's their comfort level and the type of runs that uh, we're, we're calling. And I think the, uh, you know, HUD's ability to – uh, push the ball down the field also helped to create favorable boxes um, to run the ball. And, you know, I thought Graham did a nice job of, of sticking to what was working. Um, and, you know, anytime you can run the ball the way we did and, and have balance that way, it, it bodes well offensively for sure. Do you have an update on, on Max Clare's status? I'm still waiting on, you know, the diagnosis. I, you know, it, it didn't look great, but we'll we'll see. And then obviously, if he were to miss time, you got uh, Garrett Miller. Just um, can you talk about what he brings to the table and what you saw out of him on Saturday? I'm talking about Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, we're starting to see what what everybody was talking about when I got here in December. Just um, his explosiveness down the field. He's a he's a big guy that can that can move um, very very fluidly and and. Um, he's strong in the run game. He's got good hands. You know, he's got a good feel for the game. He's a good football player. And I think, you know, as the as he gets more and more comfortable with the system, more and more comfortable, um, you know, with the with overcoming the, the mental aspect, the mental hurdles of, of going through that type of injury, I think he'll play will will only improve. Hey, Ryan, can you talk about how you've just kept Devin Mockaby engaged? I know he had the fumble again, but – you guys had him right back out there a series or two later and let him carry the ball at the goal line and score as well. Yeah, you know, one, you, you, uh, you hold him accountable, right? <clears throat> like nobody's happy with, including him, with the ball security issues that we've had. Um, but he, he is hard to tackle. He's hard to bring down, and he, and he runs with an edge. Um, and so, of course, like, you know, he got to the sideline, and, and you know, we had a, we had a conversation um, but at the end of the day, like you, you want you want to keep him engaged because we're going to need him. Like he's he's a good player. Um, he he runs the football very well. And like I said, as a uh, going against him defensively, like he's hard to bring down. And so uh, you want to, him to continue to to maximize his potential. And uh, we're better when when he is is running the ball. And so um, you know you don't want to. Take the stinger out. You don't want to take his his running style away from him because that is that is part of who he is and, and why he's good. 
Um, but, but he's got to understand, man, when he, when he has the ball in his hands, he's got our program's life in his hands, and uh, he's got to protect that at all costs. You think it's a fair assessment to say that the offense has really developed an identity for running the football. That's become maybe the strength of the offense. Um, you know, it was definitely the strength on Saturday. You know, I, I do think that when we are playing with balance, it allows us to play with pace, which allows us to be aggressive, um, which which opens up you know, every aspect of, of the offense. You know, we, we were running the ball, so we were able to push it down the field. And, um, you know, we're throwing quick game to open up running lanes. And so I think, um, you know, Graham just, he did a really good job of, of understanding what the defense was trying to do to us, um, you know, how to, how to counter that. And then when they adjusted, how to adjust um, based off of what, what pictures they were presenting, um, which is why we had the, the sort of offensive output that we, that we did on Saturday. Was the defense more aggressive than, than, it, than the first four games this last Saturday as far as blitzes going, stunts, things of that nature? Yeah, I would say so. And then could you just talk about moving, I guess, the coordinators to the box a little bit, Graham and Kevin, why you decided to do that. And and looks like it's going to happen again this week. And, and you had to be pleased with the results, I guess, from what we saw Saturday. Yeah, you know, um, so to answer both questions, you know, I've, I've – I, offensively, uh, Graham has spent a lot of time in the box. He spent more time, you know, up up than he has down. Um, and I think with Hudson's maturity and, and his understanding of uh, the offense now, um, it allowed Graham to to go up top because you can see the you can just see better from up there, right? You can see the uh, rotations defensively. You can see alignments. Um, you can you can see what what happened. You know, during the play from that bird's eye view, a lot, lot cleaner than you can from the sideline. Um, and Graham's got great communication with Daigie, Um and Daigie's a former quarterback, and so he can talk to the the cues when um, in between series to relay messages that that Graham has. Um, so that's that's why we've made that move offensively, and obviously it worked. And so you know, if it if it if it ain't broke, don't don't fix it, right? We'll, we'll keep him up there. Um, the defensively is the same thing, you know, um, Kane for the last two years um, and even, you know, when he was at SMU was, was upstairs. And so I, I felt like um, the communication that he and I had uh, the last two seasons when he was in the box was, was very um, informative and, and quick and concise. Um, and, you know, nobody knows the, the defense or the signals the way I do. And so it just made sense for him to go upstairs and, uh, for me to be signaling and, and for us to communicate that way on game day. Just talk about Iowa and, and their ability to win games and, and special teams and defense, and, and you've seen them obviously over the years. Yes, on paper, they've got some issues uh, with injuries, and et cetera. What makes them especially dangerous? Or is that really what makes them especially dangerous to you? Uh, what, what, yeah, so to me what makes them dangerous is that Iowa's going to be Iowa, and they have been since 1999. Um, you know, they're, they're going to play really, really sound defense and not make mistakes. They're going to make you earn it. Um, special teams is going to be a weapon for them. Um, and then they're going to manage the game on offense and, and not try to do things just to do them. Um, they're going to try to control the clock. And, you know, if they, if they can win a game nine to six, they, they, that's the style of play that they like. And, you know, I know people, you know, out that way are, are upset with that model, but it, it's worked since 1999. And so, um, you, you know, I, I, 
getting to know uh, Coach Ferentz, you know, over the, the last couple of years and, and then now um, as a head coach, like you, you just tell like that program operates the way it operates and it, they don't care what anybody else thinks about it because that, that has been a winning formula for them. Um, so we'll have to do a good job of not letting them dictate the pace, dictate the tempo, or dictate the style of play and um, try to try to do everything we can to play our, our brand of ball um, and make them adjust to it. Any more questions for Coach? All right, thanks, Coach. Yep. Thanks, thanks. Some good news coming from West Lafayette. After the win, Ryan Walter saying OC Brothers should be available to play against the Hawkeyes this weekend. And Yanni Karloftis kind of channeling his big bro, played better than that position than anyone has so far this season. Walters wouldn't commit to Yanni being the starter, but it certainly seems that way coming up this weekend against the Hawkeyes. Not the start we were expecting from Illinois this season after what the Illini did in 2022 under Brett Bielema, but through five games, Illinois just two and three following a disappointing loss on the road, 44-19, the Illini go down to Purdue. Back home this week, short week, it's Friday night, against Nebraska. Looking back on the Purdue loss, looking ahead to the Nebraska showdown, here's Brett Bielema. Well, um, obviously uh, not an easy uh, uh, Sunday. Uh, Mondays always get a little better, uh, but uh, I thought our guys, um, you know, handled the quiet bus ride home. Uh, a lot of a lot of pain in the end of that game. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the key to a Sunday is uh, learning from yesterday's mistakes and, and turning the page. So, with a short bye week, that's a short game week. We got to really do a better job of that. So we basically met with them, showed them some things that were positive. Obviously, started the game on a positive note offensively to have a play, gain that kind of yards. Obviously, would have loved to come away with points, but we did start the game with a scoring opportunity. Defensively, started pretty well, put in some tough positions and overcame that moment. But obviously, a lot of things we needed to correct, especially in that second half. So. From an injury standpoint, I think Reggie, um, he did practice last week, earlier in the week, didn't feel great Thursday, Friday, let the game time decision on Saturday of, uh, play out. Uh, the plan is tomorrow he'll be with us for practice. Our first practice of the week will be tomorrow. We'll go through a walkthrough tonight, uh, but it won't be full speed. So he'll be able to take place in that. Uh, Zai hopefully will as well. Zai and, and Geske are both uh, a work in progress to see where they get for the weekend. Um, but other than that, there were some guys that played in the game that were uh, a little banged up. They got through it pretty good um, overall, so uh, really shouldn't be any uh, uh, issues other than that. Um, uh, you know, Nebraska is a very similar to our situation. They're two and three identical records, actually. Uh, both of us have uh, two losses in conference play, so there's a lot of uh, different variables going into it, but I think this week is a lot about us. Uh, obviously, Nebraska and what they've accomplished um, played a couple different quarterbacks. They're playing really good on defense. Um, uh, a very difficult challenge, and then Friday night with a short week is one that We've already done this year, so we kind of really, I spent yesterday a lot of time uh, looking at what we did in that Kansas prep, just, just the logistics of it. I didn't love, the, didn't love the results, but more along the lines of preparation. So we're changing that up a little bit on our approach either tonight, tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, and Thursday before the game to, to go in from there. So with that, open up for questions. Isaiah Williams said that one of your messages in the locker room was, we have to get better than any team in the country over the course of this week. Um, how important, maybe it's too open of a question, but how important is this week for you guys? How important is the week? It's, I think every week is, is important. Um, I think when it uh, comes after a loss, it just comes a little more scrutiny from the outside world, which is obviously part of the world we live in. So uh, nothing different there, I think, each week. Uh, what I can assure everybody is um, every Saturday, right, we play a game, and every Sunday, the way we go about our business, 
is really the same. We're very hard on ourselves, very critical. Um, uh, it's just when it's after a loss and, uh, and, and, a, and, and you just hear it from multiple different levels as well. So uh, I did make the comment to them. I was kind of stressing the importance of the week more than anything, just that, uh, but I, I believe that obviously we're a two and three football team that doesn't like where we're at, uh, but it is a fact of the case. So I think if we don't have that approach, we, I would be doing an injustice to them. Nothing anything away from your opponents, but how much do you feel like you're beating yourself as opposed to opponents? Yeah, um, it's a good point. I think that, you know one of the things you guys have turned, routinely heard me say: more games are lost than won. And the key ingredient to losing um, that we stress to our players from the first day I got here to where we are today are penalties, mental errors, and turnovers. And the NCAA, uh, because the mental error is not really a statistic in the NCAA football manual, but penalties and turnovers are, and we're not very good in those two. So. Uh, I think our guys understand the importance of that. Uh, the second thing we probably uh, pride ourselves on is being tough, smart, dependable, and, and that has to be a resilient part of our program. Uh, the way we recruit, the way we coach, uh, the way that we uh, obviously play the game is a big part of that, and I think those two elements right there together are really uh, what's missing from us. Um, uh, really tried to stress consistency last week. Um, you know, Obviously, we're still down 16, 13 to half. We spotted them a six point off that turnover. Uh, you know, you're in a game that I feel is a very winnable game, and to this point, like to to replay it back on on Sunday, even kind of manifest that more than ever. It's just the ability to take place uh, and, and make critical plays when they happen. Uh, we as coaches have to be really hard on ourselves about what we're asking our guys to do. But uh, I do think what we've done, uh, we've played some good teams, played some good opponents, uh, but you know that was a one and three football team that we lost to, right? So we can't ignore that, and, and obviously uh, move forward into a, a game plan against Nebraska. Set of so far at this point. When you're struggling like this, do you hear from those players? You reach out to them, kind of say, "Hey, we're fine." Did I, how, how do you interact with the players when you're in this situation? Yeah, I think in recruiting, uh, much like you do with your own players, once you get a commitment from a player, you kind of treat them as though you're part of your program. Um, sure. uh, uh, I would say that as coaches in general, um, Sunday night, I think recruiting calls are made quite a bit, uh, but Monday, Tuesday. You kind of focus on where you're at. I, I, for me personally, I reach out to a lot of guys Wednesday, Thursday. I think last week, on that Thursday night, there were um, uh, we had 18. We have 18 committed guys. I believe I talked to 13 or 14 that night. Um, just sit there for about two-hour window and just talk. Um, I really like where our guys are at. Uh, we'll be getting into a bye week here in a couple of weeks, where we traditionally have gone out and seen those guys. But by NCAA rules, you can't do it. But um, I think one of the reasons we've been able to have some success here over the last two years is because of the momentum we've gained in recruiting and uh, going after the right type of guys that want to come to Illinois with a chip on their shoulder, and I don't really see that changing. Is, it, is the comments different than a year ago when you are you know, off the great start and winning all those games? Was, was the tone similar or different? Uh, no. Last year we started off one-on-one, one, if you remember, right? And I talked to them pretty much every week. So I, I, I just think as a coach, uh, through 15 years in this business, you uh, understand the highs and the lows. You um, persevere through the lows and, and try to ride the highs. But uh, I think each each call and each person, each player is an individual scenario. The change in the short week preparation, were you making notes during the Kansas week and, and the result was what it was? Or are you making changes because of the result? Yeah, man, that's, that's a great point. Um, one of the things I, I really try to uh, ask our guys on Thursdays and Fridays during a normal game week preparation is we have a, if it's a Saturday game on Thursdays, we have a staff meeting about, about uh, we have an academic Zoom at, at 2 o'clock, so we have our, our uh, right last staff meeting on Thursdays at 3 o'clock. I try to let everybody out the door by 4.30 just so that so one night a week they get to have a family night at home. So, um, But in that meeting, one of the last things I usually say is, hey, take an inventory how you felt the week has gone. 
how do you feel Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday went? Uh, make a note of it for yourself, but also for me, like anything we feel we can adjust, adapt. I literally had a meeting with Tank about an hour ago. We meet literally every day, just kind of, he, he had an lift, early lifting group today because today is a work day for us. Usually Monday's a day off, but we had our entire roster in this morning for a lift uh, this morning at 8.30, 9.30. And then we have them over this evening. Uh, so Tank and I are in constant dialogue, just kind of, hey, where are they at? Not just from, from his standpoint, he's a strength coach, but he's got a really good pulse on our guys mentally. Um, you know, I talk routinely every day uh, with Jeremy Bush, who's our head trainer. Uh, uh, Leah is our, our nutritionist. Anybody that touches our players, I, I talk probably more than any other head coach, I would imagine. Uh, uh, Mike Maziarts, our, our academic coordinator, and literally I have a, a constant dialogue with him. Um, anybody that has a, bolse, a pulse or a beat with our players, I want to have having a conversation with them, what our guys are like. Through Zai and Geski's availability, is there any thought to move Isaiah Adams back in, or do you feel like right tackle is the spot that fits where you guys? Yeah, as of right now, uh, no. We we uh, um, since literally week one, we've had a lot of conversations. I think Zai just played. Uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah just played his best game at right tackle. Julian by far, you know, one of the things that gets lost in a in a, in a loss is players that played well. Julian Pearl played extremely well at left tackle, um, uh, and and you know, a guy like Dylan Rosiak played pretty good at inside linebacker. So there's. There's some guys that, that probably played really good football that we, we tend to ignore. And Isaiah took a step in the right direction for sure. Uh, I think for us, uh, competitively, uh, we're trying to get our five best on the field. And obviously, Zion Geske, one of the downfalls to Saturday was uh, Geske at that point was probably having the best game of his time. He got injured early in the game, um, tried to come back in, played a little bit, uh, uh, um, I think wasn't full go, and then ultimately had to get pulled. So the downfall to that is he's a guy that was starting to play really well. Ideally, what would you like to be known for offensively? And is that a conversation that's ongoing with Coach Lenny? Yeah, um, you know, I think every year your offense takes on, um, you know, the demeanor of that year. Obviously, last year, I think on the forefront of it, we probably uh, felt really good about, uh, you know, Chase. You know, the year before, he had scratched the surface of a thousand yard season, uh, but we lost the quarterback that we had called uh, our starter, right? And then had Tommy DeVito coming in, so he really didn't know what he had played. We knew he was going to be the starter, probably coming out of spring ball. Um, uh, but wanted to give you guys some discussion topics uh, to talk about, right? So kind of like this year, you know, I think coming out of the spring game, we, we had an idea that uh, Luke was going to be our quarterback. Uh, thought that Reggie and Josh would be a combination platter for our tailback. We thought we had a group of receivers in uh, Isaiah, uh, uh, Casey, and uh, Pat that we felt probably were pretty good players um, at the tight end position. Tip, uh, we had added Tanner Arkin, but I, I really thought that Henry Boyer uh, and, and uh, Griffin Moore were going to do some things for us at tight end. And then the offensive lines, I missed the entire spring, you know, um, uh, so we didn't have him in the lineup and we were trying to uh, work our way through. We thought we had a couple players that possibly could join us in the fall. Uh, that didn't materialize. So the work in progress was probably the offensive line, and, and I think that's probably stayed true. Uh, for us going into game six, like I, I definitely understand the question. Uh, our offensive identity, you know, probably hasn't come out. I think there's an idea of what we want it to be, uh, but it's definitely a conversation that Barry and I, and the offense staff and our players, really. Uh, um, I think the one enlightening thing to me yesterday was not just offensively, defensively, especially it was just the guys that I've talked to, the guys I met with individually, the guys that uh, uh, um, you know voice themselves not only during the game but after the game. Uh, there's a genuine appreciation for them that they want to play better, right? I think there's not a lot I can say other than. I know a lot of people hang on the on the uh, ebb and flow of our program on a weekly basis, and I appreciate that, and I love that part part of what makes our job great. Um, but nobody's more in tune to that than our players and coaches. And and I think we firsthand know as coaches, myself as a head coach, I got to coach better. 
uh, coaches know they got to coach better and the players know they got to play better. Last year after the Michigan, or I guess before the Michigan game, after the back-to-back losses, you talked about player leadership and, and what you got from your captains that week and how you could tell things were, you know, being taken. Yeah. Can you share anything after these two losses? Yeah, about- uh, you know, I, I, I kind of keep... I know you understand where I'm coming from. We, we keep some of that stuff in-house, but I have heard um, from literally immediately after the game to on a bus ride home um, uh, to players speaking yesterday that, that uh, there's definitely, uh, I think, the guys that we would foresee as leaders, guys who were elected to those positions, have taken on a leadership role uh, probably more than I have at any point this season. So I think that's a positive step in the right direction. Kind of excited to get out here on the lights tonight and see exactly where they're at. But um, I've said this before, you know, like everybody concentrates on the players you lose. Uh, for me, what I've learned in 15 years, it's a, a lot of times it's the voices you lose, right? And um, uh, sometimes players are, can be a little bit more easily replaced than a voice, right? Like they, I don't think people understand how valuable it is uh, for a person to say the right thing at the right time to the right person in the most appropriate way, right? Because um, I always used to get frustrated when I was a young player. I'm like, that coach treats me different or, you know, that coach treats that player different. And you know, I always say coaches always, do, they do play favorites. They play the guy that gives the best chance for their players to have success, right? Um, my responsibility when I was an inside linebacker coach was to put the two best inside backers on the field that you gave the other nine guys a chance to be successful. I learned that from Hayden Fry and really took that approach all the way through. When I was a coordinator, I needed to put the best 11 defensive players on the field that gave our chance to be successful. Um, it may mean maybe moving a player off the field at certain times, moving them to a different position but your responsibility is to put the best 11 on any given play to make success. And, and I think that's a challenge as a coach and for as a player to understand that same thing, reciprocal of that is a big deal. This week's prep, what, what's different about Nebraska under the new coach Matt Rule than, than what you've prepared uh, for before? Yeah, you know, um, I think good question. Uh, the obvious things are obviously the changes that have taken place schematically, offense, defense, special teams. they got new people in new positions. There's... Uh, um, New schemes and then offensively, you know, there's a difference in uh, quarterbacks between the first couple of games and the last couple. Um, uh, defensively, they're a very aggressive, multiple uh, special teams. Uh, uh, a guy that's got a vast number of experience. They've kind of done some different things schematically uh, in special teams as well. So all three phases present different scheme options, but it's about how you play the game. Personnel changes year over year, but it seems like last year we saw more short yardage, like sneaks or uh-huh. under center. Yeah, is that something that you guys just don't feel is a match with this person? I don't know that we've seen it. Yeah, no, uh, great question. I, I think overall, um, uh, you know, the snoopy, the QB sneak a year ago was probably something Tommy felt really good with. It just something that wasn't uh, as, as good a feeling uh, as, as we have this year. Um, uh, I, I, I've learned this in my 15 years in the business. Uh, probably one of the most decorated quarterbacks I ever coached was uh, Russell Wilson um, in his college football career with me. He had one quarterback sneak that ended up in a fumble, and we never saw it again. Um, but we were pretty good, right? So, like, I understand what you're asking. I think part of your point uh, uh, is, you know, to find an identity. Uh, it's in all phases of offense. It's not just first down, second down, third down. It's in short yardage. It's in goal line. It's in, in uh, uh, two-minute, end of half, end of game. you got to find an identity in all those phases, which is a little bit easier said than done. Are kick returns, is that a judgment call by the returner out there just in terms of nope. where to go? It's a, it's a um, game plan decision, first off, right? And then a little bit based on wind conditions. Um, a little bit unique in, in the fact of, of what we saw uh, Saturday. Uh, when we first went out there, the wind was blowing a certain direction. Literally, by the time we came back out after the coin toss, it flipped and gone the other way. So we got to stay on top of it and in which way we're um, uh, kicking the ball and also receiving. And then uh, I would say that. 
uh, each return game uh, in the punt return and kick return is given a, uh, a parameter of what they need to do to cut, you know, to take the ball as a fair catch and move forward. Uncertainty, I guess, health-wise with the offensive line, does it change potentially that pool of players that you talked about you want to be able to draw on at the offensive line? Are there guys you consider pulling up from the Devo into the second team or whatever? Yeah, um, I get the question, but kind of like what we said earlier, um, you know, I think you have to uh, go into each week with an idea of who's healthy. Right now, if I don't have Zion and, and Geski, that means two new people are added in the lineup just by default. So uh, I think as you go through this week, a little bit determines on what guys are available, who's available to play, um, and obviously what gives us the best chance. But you, you always look at, we traveled anywhere from 10 to 12 players uh, on the offensive line. I don't think there's going to be anybody that comes outside of that circle um, because we've already grad or we have already traveled, you know, three guys that are kind of, um, Brandon Henderson being the most prevalent, and, and T.J. McMillan, who are the only guys that are uh, redshirt, you know, could redshirt but play, and those guys have been at every game. A lot of the conversation in the offseason was more pass rush value from the outside back, who's mm -hmm. part of the reason to hire Charlie. How do you feel like that's manifested to these first Well, we haven't probably gotten consistent pass rush, you know, as a whole uh, through the first five games, uh, but I, I do think as a point of emphasis, um, uh, unfortunately, we had you know Alec w wasn't uh, full strength last week. He did play in the game, but uh, he's good now. But he was a guy that we didn't know if we were going to have that. Brought, I'm sure you probably saw uh, Zeke was out there uh, for the first time, uh, extended action. Um, uh, so we were a little bit thin, uh, and then uh, just schematically, we had to adjust a little bit defensively just because we weren't sure we were going to have enough bodies at the outside backer position. But uh, everybody's back to full strength now. I think uh, Seth, uh, Gay Backus, and and. Uh, um, uh, Alec Bryan, and then a little bit of Zeke to Jared Beatty, and, and maybe um, you know um, uh, the defensive line in general. We, we began to pressure the passer a little bit better on Saturday. Obviously, came with a couple of huge staffs, did a couple of things on third down. Josh Crutes got that huge play um, that was the hair of a chinny chin chin being a, 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 um, a, a safety. So I, I like to step in the direction we made uh, defensively. You know, is Obviously the score, but I made three decisions that we just needed to have the all ball in our offensive hand. I knew we were down by uh, by three scores. It made no sense to uh, do anything but try to get a first down in the situation we're in. But that gave the defense a short end of the field on two occasions specifically. And then obviously the uh, scoop and score seven points is, is no way to spot. Can't spot an offense three touchdowns and expect them winning games. Presumably coming back. Um, do you still see What's uh, with Reggie coming back? Do you still see a role for Caden Fagan? Can he still help you? Help you? Yeah, I, I, I said Reggie. You know, we're going to hopefully get him back. We'll see where he's at as it goes. I think Caden Fagan, um, you know, through four games or five games now, um, has definitely shown the value that he brings. He's an exciting player. I think he's fitting more and more comfortable and feeling better and better about where he is. And I thought uh, the last two weeks in particular, he felt really good in all situations. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I really admire the way he's kind of just steadily grown each week, kind of made his mark. Last week, you could see him burst through the hole, especially on that one play. Like, he's just a big body that gets through little areas, and he's got a lot of velocity when he runs. How about this one out of the tight end room right now through five games? You know, I've been pretty impressed with Tip. I thought Tip is a guy, uh, you know, Tip has two years of eligibility, and, and uh, you know, I think he went into the season with the idea of this being his last. But I, I, I'm a, I think he's a guy that uh, on the verge of, He's playing pretty good right now. I expect him to continue to play better, but he's taken his game uh, to a different level. Caught the ball extremely well. He's been pretty good inline blocking. Uh, I've used him a lot on movement stuff. Um, Griffin Moore brings an element that I think is really good. There was a play there that I thought 
uh, he had a chance on third down. He got tugged on the coat, coattail twice that you know prevented a, a play from happening. But I really like what he brings to the game. And then Henry Boyer, you know, Henry missed most of fall camp. Um, guy with red shirt a year ago, and uh, I, I give him a lot of credit. He's he's uh, found a way to get himself out there and, and play. And, and I think that room in general, um, uh, hopefully on the back end of our, our season here, is going to be able to give us a lot in Big Ten play. Yeah, I, I think the bigger we get, uh, 13, you've seen it. We've had three tight ends out there. I don't think you can plan much bigger than that. Um, I don't think we're a four tight end team, but uh, 13 has uh, definitely been in our game plan the last two weeks. I don't think we saw it Saturday just by the flow of the game, but um, that's definitely something that I, I know our guys offensively feel good about. Thank you. Well, Brett Bielema said he's not very happy right now with the way he's coaching. Says he has to coach better, but he does not mince any words. He always says it just like it is and says his best teams, they avoid mental errors, turnovers. They're tough, smart, and dependable. Those things are not happening right now. According to Bielema, after that loss to Purdue, quote, that was a one-in-three football team we lost to, and we cannot ignore that. It's a start strong, win the games they're supposed to win. Like last Saturday's matchup against Rutgers, that was not much of a matchup at all. Gavin Wimsett, once again, quietly efficient, 12 of 1,946 yards, three total touchdowns. Scarlet Knight defense completely shutting down Wagner in the 52-3 win. That moves Rutgers to 4-1 and one on the season. Of course, the only loss at the big house to then number two, Michigan. Back on the road in the Big Ten this weekend as Rutgers heads to Madison to take on Wisconsin. Let's head to Piscataway and listen in to Rutgers head coach Greg Schiano. Showing up, guys. Appreciate it. Um, big game coming up this week out in Wisconsin. Before we get to that, I uh, want to have a shout out to my guy Pop. What a great game he played last night. Uh, really cool for him, Isaiah Pacheco coming home to the great state of New Jersey and uh, and really showing out and being a big part of their win. Uh, I was really proud of them, and I know everyone in our program is excited and happy for them. So with that, I'll open up for questions uh, about Wisconsin. Greg, when you look at um, what Wisconsin's offense is doing under Phil Longo this season, I guess kind of what stands out to you on film and, and how productive they've been? Yeah, you know, they do a great job. Phil does a great job. Their offense is uh, hard to stop, multidimensional. You know, people kind of get, when they hear about tempo, when they hear about air raid, they think it's just throw it all over the lot. They do a great job running the football. Uh, they have several different schemes that they run the football um, with. So it's it's going to be a huge challenge for all those reasons. And, you know, the biggest reason is good players. Greg, Evan only has one interception in 106 throws across five games. You've touched on how that being a big improvement, him not turning the ball over. How much of that is him and his personal growth and development, and how much of that is you know Kirk Scirocco working with him and the play calls he gives him in the games? Well, I think that's all one and the same. I mean, other than the play calls, what Kirk does as a coach and what Gavin does as a player, that's how they mesh together, and that's why it works so well right now. Um, you know, it's a continual effort. You're as good as your last out outing. So we just got to keep working at it, and he'll keep getting better. And, um, you know, Kirk calls the game, and he calls it the way he sees fit. Coming in uh, to the season, I, I know Rutgers wanted to be very balanced offensively. Do you feel like you guys have been effective in creating that balance? Yeah, I don't know if balance is always the key. It's whatever it takes to win the game. 
So if if they're giving you the throws, then we'll throw for a lot of yards and, you know, devalue the running game. But if you can run it, then you want to run it, right? And um, I always think it has a lot to do. You have a game plan, but then you have to go with what the opponent is giving you. So I think it's um, it's nice when it turns out like that, but you can't really predict it because they have a big say in it. Coach, just to build off of what you said on uh, Wisconsin's offense, on the defensive side of the ball, what sort of stands out to you about what the Badgers do in that respect? Well, I should build on the offense more because um, I didn't talk about the players. I just said the players. I mean, you look at uh, Moradici, he's, I think I said that right, he's a really fine player. He can throw it, he can run, does a great job reading. Uh, their back, Allen, is special, special. He's big, six. 245. I mean, he is a load. And it's not one of those guys that can't move and doesn't have the ability to cut. He's special. Uh, they got a big veteran O line, which helps a lot. Uh, their tight ends are good players. They utilize the tight ends. Rucci is one of them. I actually coached his dad at Penn State. So, uh, you know, athletic family there. Um, and then the receivers, there's five or six guys. They roll them in there and they're all dangerous. They can all hurt you. So, uh, Coach Longo does a great job, and he's got a lot of good weapons there to utilize. Defensively, I think their front seven is really strong. They play with great technique. They play with great effort. You know, their hands, very heavy-handed front. Uh, their linebackers, they have actually three or four of them that are really fine players. We've seen some of them in the in the past, but uh, good players. Uh, really, a front seven is is going to be tough, very tough physically, and uh, they they're they're really good at hitting their fits. And um, in the secondary, they go after the football. They're very aggressive. So, uh, and then in special teams, they're really good. They utilize, they have good personnel, big personnel that can run, and they utilize them on their team. So it's going to be a challenge in every every area. And, you know, I know Coach Fickle well. He's, uh, he's an excellent coach. We worked together for a year. Uh, one of the best coaches I've been around, literally from a X and O standpoint, from a motivation standpoint, um, just everything, and a great man, great family. Um, he really does an, an awesome job. He did it at Cincinnati. He'll do it there. Uh, really, like I said, one of the best I've been around. Coach, assessing the first five games of the season, what's something you think Rutgers can improve on uh, as a whole during the next seven games, and obviously, you know, the all-out Big Ten schedule? Yeah, I'm just I'm just focused on one game, and that's Wisconsin. And we have a lot of things to get better at for the Wisconsin game. So you name it, I, we have to get better at it. Um, but we got to get, you know, up front on offense and defense. We got to be more precise. Uh, continue to play with effort um, in, the, in the secondary and the skilled areas. Um, you know, just tighten it up a little bit, tighten the coverage up a little bit, tighten the techniques up a little bit. Uh, the receiving core. You know, some of the routes, some of the depth, some of the some of the techniques we're using. We have to tighten it up. So we have, there's there's a lot to get better at right now. Um, but the good thing is we get to practice this week. And to me, practice is everything. Greg, this offseason, the uh, NCAA implemented a new rule for first downs where the clock keeps running. Um, a lot of coaches have been complaining about it on TV and social media, but I wanted to hear your overall thoughts. Yeah, I'm good with it. Whatever. They make the rules, we play it. You know, I kind of, you could see that it's shortening the game a little bit, and I understand why. I mean, you can't talk out of both ends of your mouth. We all want all this money to come in, right? Well, TV's what provides that money. And they like to have those games in a nice, neat little time frame. 
and uh, hey, it's pretty good. You guys are playing a road game against one of the iconic brands in the Big Ten, uh, maybe still the favorite to win the Big Ten West. Do you view this as an opportunity as maybe, you know, for a signature win, a kind of win that fans can really hang their hat on and say, you know, Rutgers got you know, a big win at Wisconsin? It's a big game. Uh, I, I very, very, very careful looking at that and saying, oh, this would be an iconic, an iconic brand or this is a big win or whatever you want to call it. Um, we have one goal. It's to be 1-0 at the end of this Wisconsin season. And it's hard. We got a lot of work to do. We're in the middle of it right now, putting it together. But we as a staff and then as a whole organization, as a team, we have a lot of work to do between now and Saturday. And uh, they're very good. So we're going to do everything we can to go out there and, and like I said, be 1-0 when we leave that stadium. But they're good. They're really good. I um, just want to go back to something you were saying the other day about how this team is learning to do things that winning teams do that maybe a lot of people don't see. I mean, when did you kind of, and it might be tough to pinpoint, but when did you kind of start to see the progression that this team is getting to that point and starting to understand what it takes to win on a consistent level? Yeah, winning, you know, what does that mean? It means that leaders take care of things that happen. Guys late to something. It's not acceptable anymore. As a matter of fact, it really stands out if you're late, if you don't do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. When the leadership takes that over and uh, they handle that, 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 that's when things start to go differently. And because, you know, it's the same old deal, right? How you do anything is how you do everything. And if you can't, if you can't be on time for something, then how do we know you're going to stay in the B gap? You know, and it's trust. Doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it is hard, really hard. I know after the game you talked a little bit about Johnny Shepard. You talked about him. What did you see from him in high school? Because he wasn't a highly recruited guy. He was local in your backyard. But what did you see from him? What did you think of his performance on Saturday with the few snaps he got? In high school, I saw a great competitor that was a winner. Um, he's really changed his body. I and mean, if you saw him in high school, he looked more like a middle linebacker than he did a quarterback. But he, he played quarterback like a middle linebacker, which is something I loved. Um, but you, you talk about reshaping his body. He has a great feel for the game. He's a football player, very instinctual. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're thrilled to get the chance to keep developing him. Coach, you talked about you know, Gavin's development as a quarterback. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on, you know, do you feel like you're seeing him get a much better rhythm and chemistry, whatever word you want to use, uh, with his receivers as the season has gone on? Well, I think, you know, with Jaquay being out for part of camp, uh, for most of camp, they're just kind of hitting their stride together. I think Isaiah and Christian have been practicing the whole time, so they, they, I think they have a groove going. Uh, but, you know, you can't throw enough to your receivers, and you can't throw enough routes to get, you know, you can only get more comfortable with the timing and rhythm. And uh, time, practice, you know, those guys stay out after and throw on their own. Um, you know, if you have a burning desire to do it, you'll get better, and those guys do. We didn't ask you about him after the game. Rene Conga looked like he limped off in the fourth quarter. Just do you have anything on how he's how he's doing? Yeah, you know, he'll probably be okay, but that'll that'll all go to the the availability report. We'll just kind of stick with that so we don't get too variable. You you touched on Bo Masco having an NCAA deal is is there any anything else you can share detail wise on that and yeah I, you know with the ncaa i really try to believe me i've loved i'd love to say a lot but i really try to 
keep my mouth shut because it only it can only hurt them and I don't want to do that uh, my own personal frustrations I have to have some self-control and not let that out but um, yeah hopefully that you know I, I would love for those to get resolved both of them but that's not been kind of the flow or the vibe this year you know those those things haven't been worked out very much uh, one of the one of the good things that, that I'd like to talk about, you know, when it comes to off the field stuff is Mayan Ahanatu. Mayan uh, is named a semifinalist for the Campbell Trophy, which is really probably the ultimate award in college football, right? It's a, it's a, it's a high-level football player who's an excellent student. So what an honor that is for him. And I've known him since he was a teenager, you know, hanging out in my house with my sons and uh, coaching him when I, when I was coaching high school football down in Tampa. So uh, couldn't be more thrilled. A guy who's taken, you know, came here, transferred in, and has just become the ultimate leader of our team. Uh, you know, they, they, he's become a really, really solid young man. And uh, this is a warranted uh, chance that he's getting here as a semifinalist, and it's a great award. So we're thrilled for that. And, you know, we're getting into it now. And the tests, kids all have the tests this week, and they've been in school now for over a month. So... This is where uh, the student-athlete part really gets highlighted. And what does that mean? That means guys are up right, late writing papers and, and getting ready for tests and that kind of stuff. So uh, it's a challenge right now. So we're looking forward to getting on that plane and going out to Wisconsin. And like I said, the goal is to be 1-0 when we get back on the plane. But we got to go do it. Thanks, guys. Now, if you watched Isaiah Pacheco at Rutgers, you saw a really good player. Not sure a lot of folks thought he would be the kind of impact NFL player that he has been. And on Sunday night, Pacheco and the Chiefs went back to the New York, New Jersey area, take on the Jets, and Shiano couldn't help himself. What a great game he played last night. Called him Pop, his nickname. Really cool for him, Isaiah Pacheco, coming home to the great state of Jersey and really showing out and being a big part of that win. We are back on Big Ten Live. One final coach to hear from on this Monday coach's press conference edition, and that coach is David Braun. Listen, it was a really tough ask against Penn State. Hung tight with the Nittany Lions for a little while before fading late. Penn State wins that game 41-13. Still 2-3 and three with a very winnable game, a game Northwestern should win this weekend against Howard. And if you had told this program, certainly those on the outside through six games, they'd have a chance to be 3-3. Three and three. Pretty much everybody would have been impressed and would have taken it. As for David Braun, let's get his opinion now as we head to Evanston and listen in to the Northwestern head coach. You know, uh, excited to be back with the guys today. Had an opportunity this morning to uh, to, re- to review Saturday, to review Penn State. Uh, you know, certainly some, some opportunities for us to uh, continue to have conversations about you know what this team's capable of. I, you know the challenge moving forward is, you know what what this team can truly be capable of when it when it finds uh, finds a way to play play a full four quarters. You know when 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 we do that as a as a coaching staff, you know as a, as, as a program, um, you know we, we can talk about you know two quarters fast start. Um, there, there's plenty of positives to to pull from, but you know at the end of the day. You know our guys prepared in a way that they they expected victory. They expected uh, to go in and compete and, and find a way to beat beat Penn State, even though uh, those on the outside certainly didn't expect that. Uh, the, the the group uh, in that locker room did, and was was certainly very very disappointed with the result. 
know, specifically the the way that we uh, closed out the game in in the second half and in the in the fourth quarter. And I think that's the thing that you know we need to con- continue to challenge ourselves on is. Uh, you know, uh, th- th- there's going to be people that, you know, pat you on the back and say, hey, that, that was a great first half. Well, you know, we, we, we prepared to, to win a win a football game, it, it prepared to play a full four quarters or however long it takes. And, uh, you know, I, I think that gives us an opportunity as a team to continue to take full ownership uh, in our performance and continue to uh, take full ownership in the things that we need to continue to improve upon. Uh, you know, move, moving forward and uh, turning the page, you know, our guys will return this afternoon. We'll start to install our game plan for, for Howard. Uh, you know, great opportunity for us to, to be playing back at Ryan Field uh, on homecoming, you know, against uh, against a very good football team. You know, a team that's scoring a lot of points right now offensively, uh, battled their tails off against a good Eastern Michigan team. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to be at our best. We're going to have to be at our best this afternoon. We're going to have to have a great week of preparation. The standard has been set in terms of what that's supposed to look like. You know, the urgency and the detail that needs to go into that. And, uh, you know, I've challenged myself. I've challenged this group, you know, moving into this afternoon and moving into uh, the, the, the week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, into Friday and Saturday morning, that we make sure that we embody that and uh, put our best foot forward and ensure that the best version of this team shows up, shows up on Saturday. Do you have any update on Ben Bryant's injury status? And if he can't go, will Brendan be the starter on Saturday? You know, not, 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 not specifically. Um, you know, we're, 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 what, what I can tell you about Ben, uh, that, that, that dude is, is tough. He's gritty. Uh, he's a warrior. You know, he's going to do everything in his power to get back to, back to full health and, and be ready to play. Uh, not, not sure what that looks like in terms of timeline by Saturday. Um, you know, if, if Ben w- weren't able to go, um, you know, as of right now, uh, you know, would, would anticipate Brendan going just in terms of Brendan, Brendan's earned that opportunity. He's played well in his opportunities to, to come in um, and, and, and spell Ben. Uh, but as of right now, we're moving forward, anticipating that, that Ben will be ready to go. A follow-up to that. Is there any consideration with playing Howard, an FCS opponent, and then having the bye week? Is there any consideration to letting Ben have almost three full weeks to prepare? and get healthy before going on the rest of this Big Ten West stretch? That, that, that's a great question, but to answer very directly, absolutely not. Um, we, uh, th- 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 this, is, this is a darn good football team coming in here. Um, you know, may, maybe it's my background, you know, coming from Division Two and FCS, but um, you, you can put whatever letters or numbers uh, next to a team's name. Uh, there's darn good football at all levels. And, uh, you know, we, we, we look at, the, you know, the, the, this opponent – the same that we would look at at any opponent, a, a, an opponent that's uh, plenty capable of, of giving us a run for our money and beating us if we don't show up at our best. So we'll we'll put our best best foot forward. Coach, kind of going off that big emotional game against Penn State. Now you have an FCS opponent and a bye week. How do you keep the team staff focused and locked in and don't get them looking ahead? Hey, just, just just continue to remind uh, you know everyone. Uh, you know how critical every single game and every single opportunity is. You know, challenge the group coming off of Minnesota. You know, an emotional high. You know, emotional high is really hard to come off of sometimes. Uh, you know, I, I thought our guys handled that for the most part really, really well. Well, you know, now we're coming kind of off an emotional low. You know, a good first half, we're in a game, we're in a battle, and then you know the way things played out in the second half, um, our guys were. We're frustrated and uh, you know uh, not not satisfied with the result. 
if anything, we should have a group that is is more hungry than ever to to go play our our best football. And again, you, you will not hear me once refer to uh, our upcoming opponent as anything other than a really good opponent that that we better be at our best at. So, uh, I promise you, be in, in these walls. There's no mention of FCS. This is a team that uh, we, we we better strap it up, bring our urgency, bring our edge, and be ready to roll. I'm going to mention one more time. When you're at North Dakota State, when you were preparing teams to go up against FBS opponents, what was your message to them? Yeah, um, you know, our our, our our message, you know, uh, was consistently bring on the competition, you know, and uh, it, it, it didn't matter who we were playing. It, it, it was, that was a message to our team about, you know, bring our best. You bring our best on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then, you know, make sure that that carries into Saturday. It didn't matter if we were playing, you know, the Chicago Bears or, you know, you know, a, a D2 school that, you know, was coming into the Fargo Dome. You know, bring on the competition and, and, and show up at our best. So, uh, you know, that, 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 that was the message from us coming at, at the FCS level. Um, I, I'm very confident that I have a firm understanding of what um, that level of football brings week in and week out, and that's – it's darn good football. Those guys are on scholarship. There's a lot of NFL football players that are that are roaming around FCS schools, and uh, you know I, I I think I'll have an opportunity to to, to make that very clear. Uh, you know, pulling from my experience at, at North Dakota State. You're gonna have five games under your belt as a head coach at the Power Five Big Ten level with homecoming coming up. A lot of alumni coming to this game. Do you feel like you had a chance to reflect that it's not just the newness of being a coach, but you're fully ingrained in this moving forward? You know, opportunity to reflect, no, probably not. Uh, you know, the, but what, what I will mention, there, there is a great deal of, of gratitude from both Kristen and I and uh, just from, from the support um, for our players, for our staff, you know, the people that we're doing this with. Um, it's pretty neat, you know, with our team this morning, talking with our leadership and talking with our team. Um, you know, I, I think where they felt tangible support day in and day out is is from obviously, you know, their parents and their teammates, but the outpouring of support from from former Northwestern football players, the alumni, uh, what what those those men have meant to, you know, the guys in our our current locker room is just uh, words words can't express it. And I think this is an opportunity for us on homecoming as a team to just honor those that have have worn the uniform, worn the jersey and and walked in uh walked in and that you know, walked in our shoes. Uh, coach, you talked about um uh Sullivan earning the the spot, right? Can you talk about or just like how'd you evaluate his play um on the game Saturday and just moving forward? You know, I think it was, you know, in in, in typical Brendan fashion, it was it was tough, it was gritty, it was, you know, doing that whatever he could to just keep battling with his team. You know, I, I know, uh, you know, the, 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 the last play, you know, made a – or not last play, but the, the interception is a, is a choice and a decision he'd love to have back. But what, what, what I can tell you unequivocally without a doubt is, you know, I've spoken about the, the quality of that room as a whole from the start. Um, I've spoken to the fact that Ben Bryan is our starting quarterback, but, but the depth that exists in that room with Brendan, uh, the leadership that exists with Brendan – um, what Ryan Holinsky brings to that room, uh, the leadership that Ryan brings to this football team, you know what 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 Jack Lausch has done for this offense in terms of his versatility, uh, 
you know, re- regardless of how this moves forward, you know, we're anticipating, expecting ben, ben to be able to go. But regardless of how that plays out moving forward, very confident in Brendan's ability to step in and, and help this team go win and, and very confident in that room as a whole in terms of their ability to prepare to, to, to get this, this team to a point where we can uh, expect uh, great execution and performance out of the quarterback position. Coach, what have you seen from Carmine Besto this year, and what was it mean to you to see a former walk-on player playing this high-level football at the Big Ten level? Yeah, and no, I, I, I think he, I think Carmine embodies so many of the qualities that that we value here at Northwestern, uh, for many reasons. High academic, you know, engineering major, understands what what uh, this degree from Northwestern will do for him. You know, the next forty years, not just the next four. Toughness, perseverance. Um, you know, great teammate, uh, willing to, you know, step up with courage and, and coach other guys and hold other guys accountable. And I think it speaks to what we want to continue to build here. You know, we we want to recruit, you know, high-end, high-character young men that want to come to Northwestern. They're willing to walk on. They're willing to, you know, put a lot of time, effort, and energy into maximizing their potential and, and with hopes of earning a scholarship. And uh, Carmine has done just that. I mean, that's pretty special and we need to continue to lean in that for, for this program to continue to 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 go to places that we want it to there's a long history of that here at Northwestern of young men that have earned scholarship that have come here as walk-ons and Carmine is just such a great example to point to of, of what needs to continue to happen here. Coach uh, Jack Olson is off to a perfect start this year on field goals and extra points how much does it help a team to have a consistent kicker and what are your thoughts on his performance so far? We're really proud of his performance you know uh Again, uh, another young man that has earned opportunity. Um, you know, another young man that, uh, you know, it, it hasn't been the easiest path for him, you know, dealing with some nicks and bruises along the way since he arrived here at Northwestern. And I think he just brings a great deal of confidence to this team, to myself, to Coach Jenick, and to the, to the offense as a whole in terms of, you know, knowing that if a drive does stall out in the red zone, you know, that, that we're not coming up empty-handed. You know, with, with, with his consistency, we can be very confident of trotting him out there and, and expecting to, to come back with three points. You've had three different players with Jack, Henry Helms, and Luke Akers handle five or more kickoffs. What's the thought process on rotating guys through that role? You know, uh, part of it is just kind of, you know, who's who's got the, the hot foot, you know, in terms of, uh, you know who's kicking well. Uh, part of it is just you know splitting the load uh, with 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 multiple kickoffs at times and h- handling field goal and PAT duty that that can you know start to start to potentially wear on a guy. Location of where we're putting the ball is such a critical piece of that as well. Um, but you know th- th- there's a lot of factors that go into that in terms of Coach Jenick and, and my decision uh, with that. But you know with some of the explosive quality that Penn State possessed on special teams, we really felt like Luke was going to be. Uh, be a weapon for us uh, with kickoffs and uh, you know really proud of the way that he stepped in and and, and carried on that load uh, throughout the rest of the day. Coach your offensive line has a lot of the second most pressures in the country and that's kind of broader than just Saturday against a really good Penn State defense kind of a two-parter first is there any consideration to any changes in personnel or practice for the offensive line and second kind of offensive game plan wise you guys maybe want to strive to get the ball out quicker to mitigate some of that pressure yeah you know I I, I think I think a huge part of that I, to be be honest with you I, you know we, we've 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 played around with some rotations I, I feel really good about where that group is at right now in terms of you know the the guys that we expect trotting out there as the starting group Coach Anderson, you know, will continue to find ways to rotate guys at times uh, to continue to build depth and and find uh, find good rhythm with that group. I, I really believe that 
you know, it comes back to what seems repetitive and cliche, but comes down to balanced complementary football. You know, finding ways to uh, stay balanced offensively. It's much easier to stay balanced offensively when you're playing, you know, in a tie game or with the lead. And uh, at the end of the day, you 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 get out in front of a, a Rutgers operation or a Penn State operation. These talented athletic defenses, and they have a ten point lead, um, and 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 you start to become one dimensional as an offense. Uh, it becomes awfully difficult to be a play caller. It becomes awfully difficult to be an offensive lineman. So uh, we, we we just need to, we need to find balance. We need to hone into complementary football. And we need to find ways to to play with a lead. Coach Cam Porter hasn't reached over 100 yards uh, this season on the on the ground. Is there any concern there with uh, the rushing attack, or um, how do you get playmakers like him more involved? Yeah, I, I think it it really ties back into uh, you know what what I just spoke to in terms of just balanced attack, complementary football, playing with a lead. A guy like Cam Porter, uh, our running back room is going to be at their best. Our own line is going to be at their best. When we can find ways to to be up, you know, two scores in the third quarter, control the clock, run the football, all of a sudden 